0: Happy new year. Yeah. Yeah. Happy new year. Uh, 2020, the roaring twenties,
1: 2020. We're back in the roaring twenties, back in the
0: roaring twenties. You know, it's so funny when I was a kid and I'd hear about the twenties, I'd be like, that would have been crazy to live in the twenties in the tens turn of the century. I've done it all. If I can make it another 50 years, I'm good.
1: You'd be 97.
0: I can do 97. Totally. Uh, my wife was just saying she's doing a lifestyle change. Her mind and her body were not at the same place physically.
1: Well, my mind and my spirit, I feel like we're in the same place, and my body is not at in the same place. So, Leanne, yes,
0: in the same way that she does everything, in her life took charge of it. Now she has a personal trainer.
1: I do. I got a and trainer she's
0: busting her fucking ass. I'm
1: pretty excited about it.
0: He's a gorgeous black man.
1: He's gorgeous, gorgeous gorgeous black man gorgeous he is gorgeous yes
0: really great
1: and he has two karen terriers they're the cutest dogs ever (sighs) he's like patrice (laughs) o'neill patrice
0: had like weird fucking dogs like that
1: yeah they're two karen terriers i
0: don't even know what a karen terrier Uh, is toto (laughs) uh, two toto dogs nice
1: one's name is uh one's name is um wolf and the other one is cookie And Wolf and Cookie work out with me.
0: (laughs) We were just saying my marijuana is now harvested and we are letting it dry. And I got to give a shout out to all those people that grew marijuana my entire life. You really knew what the fuck you were doing. Yeah. Boy, did I have no fucking clue. I've been growing these plants for almost a full calendar year. And I'm telling you, man, I even my best looking nugs are still something you'd look at and go, who the fuck grew this? This is not acceptable.
1: Yeah, they. it looks pretty sad.
0: It, they do. Well, some of them, I need to trim up some of them. I was thinking about, I'm going to get on the treadmill tonight. I'm going to run um, they six They look more, leggy. They look, well, no, some of them haven't been trimmed. The ones on the outside have all been trimmed. The ones on the inside, half have been trimmed. Okay. So I'm going to get on the treadmill tonight. I'm going to run another six miles. On New 10, Year's th- Eve? Yeah. It's, well, I mean, we still have another fucking... Six hours until the <laughs> ball drops. I have a lot to do. This is my first New Year's Eve off in probably, probably, honestly, thirteen years. Probably
1: it's been a while. I don't know if it's been that long.
0: I've been doing stand up on New Year's yeah, but Eve, but you didn't
1: do stand up New Year's Eve all the time.
0: I did it. Tell me when I didn't.
1: You had one off at some point recently. We went to Sandy and Tom's, and they always had these amazing dinners, and it was a bust. That one year you were off, it was a bust. I don't remember
0: that. I but, do. So
1: that's in the last nine
0: years. But I'm home with my family this New Year's Eve. All the girls have decided to do other things.
1: We have one
0: and so three girls sleep over here by and... myself.
1: You're not home by yourself.
0: With you and your dad, might as well be. And, and with some... three
1: girls that are sleeping over.
0: Oh, there's a sleepover, so there'll be. So I was going to go out to the man cave, run a quick six miles, try to get it in in under an hour. That's ten minute miles, and then come back in. Have a little champs with you. Watch the ball drop. Yeah. Go to the bed. Watch two balls drop.
1: Wah, wah.
0: <laughs> um, Hey, thank you for everyone who came out and supported me on either my podcast, my cooking show, my podcast with Tom, the podcast we got, got with Bill. Um. There will be more of those coming out, I think, in the new year. And, and my tour, Body Shots World Tour. Body Shots World Tour is now officially, officially, officially over. We had two shows that I forgot about when I said officially over and it was the greatest year of my life i had an absolute fucking blast this year and i am starting it very strong in production this monday all the way until the 20th and then we hit the road january 30th for the birdie boy world tour um tickets we had a big a huge bump in tickets so a lot of shows sold out over christmas a lot of people bought them for christmas presents Thank you so much, everyone at Pachenga and Borgata. I had two fun-ass fucking shows. I am so happy to be back in the writing mode and not preparing an hour for a special. It's so much fucking fun. Well,
1: let me ask you this. Shoot. Every year on New Year's Day, what do you do?
0: Oh, that's interesting. Black-eyed peas, collard greens.
1: That wasn't what I was talking about. But we are having black-eyed peas and collard Wait, greens. Wait, what do I do? You usually write out your goals.
0: Oh, I do that on my birthday, baby. I've already done that.
1: No, you do it on New Year's Eve, too. On uh, New Year's I- Day.
0: I, I, I have written out some goals, but primarily that's my birthday event. Yeah, that I mean, is a big time birthday event. But I have I have a few goals this year.
1: I have a question about that, which she, is why I brought it up. So, years ago, your goal was to be on tour on a tour bus. Yeah. So you've reached that goal. Uh-huh. So what's your next goal? I mean, you don't have to say it out loud if you don't want anybody if it's private. No, no.
0: But. I have no... It's not... There's no secret to it. Um, I want to... I would like to... My thing is that I, I've done so much of, of what I've I've been so comfortable. Uh, you know, I, a long time ago, and, and Joe Rogan has said this, is that you know you really get better at life when you do things that make you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And a long time ago, I I said, I'm going to put myself in uncomfortable situations. I talked to my therapist about it, mm-hmm. and that's what I meant to tell them. Write down my therapist. I don't have um, anything to write it Just remind with. me to tell them that. Okay. Um, I talked to my therapist about it about how it made me uncomfortable to be working at the store because I felt like I didn't know anyone. I felt like I, I was felt out of my place. And he said, what's one of your biggest goals? And I said, one of my biggest goals at the time was to be a regular at the store, a mm-hmm. paid regular. Mm-hmm. And he said, how do you think you go about that by not going? And I went, well, no, you got to go. And he goes, then you got to go. Mm-hmm. And he said, you got you know, you to do things that make you uncomfortable sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I kind of hung that hat my, as my mantra. And I've done that a lot. I've, made, I've done a lot of things that made me uncomfortable, including what we're working on currently right now. And I think I just wanna make myself more uncomfortable. I wanna do big tour, the tour the way way we're doing it. I wanna do the tour bus. I wanna shoot stuff on the road to go on my YouTube channel. I wanna make more content for people because I know that I enjoy getting into a content groove with someone like Joe who puts it out consistently or Tom who puts it out consistently. Mm -hmm. So, and I wanna do stuff like uh, the movie and a sitcom. Mm -hmm. That's my goal. I think touring wise, I would like to steadily see things grow but I think I think I think I can do more in in um in other spaces too, or at least I'd like to try. I'd like to put myself out there, and I'm comfortable with people going, and I know that the people listening to this will be like, "Hey, man, I liked it." Not my favorite thing. Of yours? They did that on on Travel Channel, right? They'd be like, "Hey, man, I love your stand up. I love your podcast," <laughs> and that was it. But yeah. you got to put yourself in uncomfortable situations. Mm-hmm. I know that that is the that is the biggest flaw I've seen in certain people that didn't achieve what I thought they should have achieved when we started mm-hmm. is they didn't put themselves in uncomfortable situations, whether it was getting out of the house. And by the way, let this be your one Burt Kreischer little motivational speech, whether it was getting out of the house when they didn't want to go do stand-up, whether it was going to auditions, whether it was saying, hey, I'm hungover as fuck and I don't want to work out or I don't want to get on the treadmill or I don't want to go for a walk or I don't want to get coffee and go right or I don't want to go and hang out with other people. It's so easy to get in your comfort zone and just do shit that makes you comfortable. I know that for certain. I think at times when I wasn't outputting a lot, it was times when I was just staying in my comfort zone with my family, with a bottle of wine and some TV. You're well, looking you, at your watch. No, a I'm timer in this went great off. Great motivational speech. A
1: timer went off. I was stopping Leanne it. And just
0: looked at her. No, fucking I turned watch.
1: the timer off. It was on my watch. I had something great to say, but never mind. What now. were you gonna
0: say? Your 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 pie's ready. No, it is.
1: No, it's not, it's not a pie. What is it? It's a bunt cake. Not even close what to What were a you going to say, baby? What I was going to say is sometimes you fight your demons and sometimes you snuggle with them.
0: <laughs> you're an
1: asshole. Why am you I an asshole? Why asshole. am I an asshole? How does that make me an asshole? Because
0: you you led me into that. You fucking walked me into that. No,
1: I did not.
0: You, where did you 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 just showed that to me the other day, and I was like, that is a badass quote. You're yes. Like, this is you, honey.
1: Yes. And you were just describing that exactly. Sometimes I get comfortable and snuggle with my. Sometimes
0: demons. I get off the road and I go. I can't get out of bed today. I just want to lay in bed today.
1: Well, that's not the same thing.
0: And no, it is. Sometimes, and sometimes I go, get, sometimes. Up, get up and go to hot spin. But- it'll start your day and it'll make you feel better. Didn't I call you the other day and I go, I went to hot spin and, and I go, this just writes my fucking boat. It does. To get all that negative impurity out of your body. And for me, a lot of times it's booze coming off the road. To get that out of your body by busting your ass, getting your heart rate up to 165, sweating incredibly, and walking out into a brisk, LA morning at 65 degrees just writes my When was it boat.
1: 65 degrees in the last week? It's been freezing here.
0: Do you think Deepak Chopra <laughs> could have been married to this fucking woman? I start with a fucking inspirational quote and all you do is pick <laughs> apart the bullshit my bunt cake's ready. When was it 65 degrees? It's not Some
1: 65 di- degrees, but well, you have to live in reality a little bit. It was like barely 60 all week. It was why freezing. Th- why does it
0: matter what the fucking <laughs> temperature was? Are you serious right
1: now? Are you snuggling with your demons right now?
0: <laughs> I'm going to Sebastian Maniscalco's show at the Forum.
1: You are? In LA, yeah. By yourself? January
0: 11th. No, I'm going with you. Oh, really? Yeah, we're both going. I'm I super, am? I'm super, super, super excited. Well, I
1: need to get a sitter.
0: Uh, yeah, get a sitter. We're definitely going. When I'm is dying. it? Uh, January 11th at the Forum. Um, I'm, not, I'm not doing a promo for a show, but I'll tell you, I will be there. I can't wait. I, I'm dying to see... All these guys are doing such big things in stand up, and I got. And I will say this: I will say this out loud. You say this shit out loud, and to make it come true, that is definitely one of my goals. I saw Gabe play the Staples Center. I saw Sebastian's doing the Forum. builded the Forum. I would love that trajectory in my career. I would love to get there. That is one of my goals. Yeah. And I think the easiest way to see your goals come true is to go and witness other people Absolutely. doing it right. Yeah, and surround it gets you yourself by, by people like that. Totally. And he has been making me fucking giggle so hard lately. Has he? Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, his new shit. I don't think he'll, I don't know. I, this is like super, super new. I don't know if he'll do it at the forum. I hope to God he does. Um, but yeah. So I'll be doing that. And, uh, yeah. And that's my January is all in LA. I'll be in LA. So if you go by the store any, any night, uh, I, I don't know if I can do every night. I'm going to put my veils in, but I'm going to let him know I can, I'm going to probably have to cancel the times, but I'll be at the store. Every night I can be uh, in January and then off to the road starting in Burlington, Vermont. I'm so excited to do Burlington.
1: It's going to be cool. I'm
0: so excited to do Burlington, Rochester, Dayton, San Jose, Sacramento, Bakersfield, Indianapolis, Evansville, Louisville, Medford, Mash, Nantucket. We've added a show. We've added a show. I think we've added two shows in Medford at the Chevalier, mm. Portland, Maine. I'm, I'm so excited. Maurice
1: Chevalier? <laughs>
0: Birdie Boy World Tour. You can go to BurtBurtBurt.com. It goes well into May and it ends in Greensboro, North Carolina. You're like, no, my. No, my
1: God, go
0: take care of your fucking bunt cake. Thank you. Thank you. There's no ads today, everybody. Let's just start the show. Today's podcast is fucking awesome. And this is what I love about podcasting. You know, a year ago, maybe it had to be over a year ago, Nick came on the podcast. It was before Halston was working for me, right? Nick came on the podcast hot. I mean, real hot. And, uh, and he, and he looked at me as like, I need a pull of something to get me straight. And by the way, I, I won't, I won't say we've all been there, but there are times when we've all been hung over and a little hair of the dog that bit you, uh, is exactly what you need for some of us, not for all of us. Um, I know that if I, I know that I have certain punitive parts of my, of my brain where I go, um, uh, you don't get treats today. You got to punish yourself. I was just what I was talking about. Uh, and but it was kind of odd. I, I didn't really think pay much attention to it. We had drinks I know a lot of times people come on my show excited to have a drink and so that's all I just wrote it off to And and then like a month ago two months ago so I said something about nick and someone goes, you know, he quit drinking and I went no and they're like, yeah He quit drinking. And I was like oh, in in your head when you're a big drinker And you have these guys that are fun to drink with you're like god, we lost another one And they're like, no, 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 actually it was not a, in a good way and I went really And they're like, yeah, I didn't know if Nick was going to come on and talk about it. And he did right out the gate. And this is a fucking awesome podcast. I tell you right now, I've been, I've been surrounding myself a lot with people. I've been running into people who have quit drinking a lot lately. I mean, it's like one of those things where, you know, we talk about totems that if something, you see something a lot, like I see owls a lot. So an owls, my totem, and then you got to look into what does that mean for you? I think Kyle Canaan's totem was hot dogs, (laughs) but but uh, I've been running into it a lot. And you know, I, I, not to spoiler alert, but I think we shared something like this. I think we're going to do something very Sober October-y early on in next year or maybe in, in a few months. And so I look forward to that. I always enjoy those and I always enjoy Sober October. But it's part of the reason I'm getting on the treadmill tonight. Uh, and it's part of the reason I'll have a couple of glasses of champagne with Leanne and just go to bed. Um, I, you know, I, I definitely do not want to be a statistic. I want to be able to live my life, the way I want and drink, but it's conversations like this that kind of open your eyes. And so I just say this, you know, look, if you're, if it's, it's January 1st. And if you're thinking, fuck this, man, let's do 2020 without any booze. I think Bill Burr did that. It was like right around. He was like, let's see if we can go a year. This is a great podcast to listen to. Um, do not listen to anything. I say medical. Okay. No matter what I say, Medical. I don't know anything about medical, the medicalness of drinking and alcoholism. I don't. I can tell you, uh, I do not have DTS. I don't get DTS. I don't. I. I'm assuming that's because I don't drink enough. Um, I know that everyone believes I should have them, but I think people just overestimate how much I drink. I don't get them, and so I probably say a bunch of irresponsible stuff. So do not listen to me when you think about your drinking. Don't ever go like, well. Bert's got to drink more than me. And if he doesn't get him, I won't get him. Nah, don't just, if you're thinking about quitting drinking, talk to a doctor. Do not listen to me. I have to say that. Um, this is a fucking amazing podcast. And this is what I love about Nick Thune. He's just, he's just an amazing dude. He really is. And he's a great comic. He is so talented on so many levels. He is on tour right now, up and down the East Coast, correct? He, he kicks off January 15th. Um, get, you can get tickets at nickthune.com. Uh, he's out with another comic. He's just a great, 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 great guy, and I'm so happy for him. I'm so happy that he found sobriety and 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 is is living living it and enjoying it. So, this is a great podcast for January first. Motherfuckers, have a great, great day to begin this year. Have a great day. Do all the things that you want to happen for the rest of your year. Bert. why are you so inspirational? Because I ran four miles this morning, I'm running six more tonight, and I'm getting my shit together this year. I'm gonna focus and make a bunch of great content, and it starts right here with a super honest, super amazing, probably the reason I got into podcasting type of podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, today's BurtCast, Nick Thune. This is Are you not drinking anymore? I quit. Dude, good for you. Good for you. (sighs) Yeah,
2: it's been over a year. Shut up! No, no. That's crazy. It It was brutal though. It wasn't like I just walked up to like a place and was like, you know, I'm not gonna buy alcohol anymore. And I got I was in the hospital and shit.
0: Wait, what? Yeah, it was kind of,
2: this is a really great intro to the podcast. <laughs>
0: so you're one of my favorite people. <laughs> so be good. I mean, you're one of my favorite human beings alive. And, a, and 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 we'll I love your you. Instagram. I feel like I feel like I see you and your son together. And I, it reminds me of when I was a young dad. We didn't have social media the way we did back yeah. then. But the way you're play, you play with him, it reminds me of when I was a young dad. I know. And that, well, I mean, this is going to be a
2: huge bummer to everyone that drinks. I remember when I was drinking, I hated hearing people talk about this oh i i specifically what happened to me which is what my fear was because i got lyme's disease um like i don't know somewhere in indiana i guess i was doing bloomington remember the movie breaking away you got
0: lyme's disease as an adult
2: yeah last in a year and a half ago
0: holy shit lyme's disease is like it's it's almost like uh it's almost like being possessed right like it's
2: it's it's weird. It's a thing that people don't fully get yet, and like, or understand. I should say, um like, I don't get allergies, but I
0: understand them. <laughs> <laughs> I get allergies so bad. So <laughs> I allergies mean, I are guess crazy. I get them. <laughs> allergies are crazy because you don't realize you, you're just all of a sudden. You're like, my throat hurts. I think I'm getting cancer. And then all of a sudden, someone's like, allergies are bad right now. And you're like, oh, that's right. That's why my throat hurts.
2: Also, living here, I in New York, I don't snore at all. Really in los angeles i snore like a demon and i don't understand why <laughs> it's like it's it's such an odd thing but yeah so i got lines how did and, you get
0: lines these were you camping or something no
2: so have you seen the movie breaking away that uh, old bicycle movie yeah 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 so in that movie they jump into a quarry off like a huge rock yeah my life's dream has been to find that quarry so i was doing the comedy addict and i asked around and they were like one guy's like oh one of my friends kind of has heard about where it is. It's on some private property. And so they took me and like we hiked for two hours into this private property that was insane with like signs like no trespassing, live ammunition, like all this shit, got lost and then found it and jumped into this beautiful quarry that I guess is gonna be gone or is gone already. Really? But it's the same, it's like perfect. Like the most green, weird colored blue water, you you know? And it was amazing. And then I go from there to Montreal and I mean, the kind of bender that I was on, I would say like, um, like I was in, in the lobby of the, um, I was in the lobby of the hotel in Montreal. This is where somebody found a tick in my forehead when I, so I'd been there for like a week or something, but I was sitting in the lobby and Mark Marin walked up and he goes, Hey man, heard you're, uh, not doing too hot. I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, oh, you look like shit, man. And he walked away <laughs> and oh, bit God, like, same thing. Like I ran into, I ran into burr at like a grocery store and he was like, he like looked at, he like looked me up and down. And I, I mean, I did look like a monster and he was like, man, I can't wait. <laughs> wait, let me find the exact words he said. Oh, I can't wait to hear the concept album. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, when I, I ran into Marin again later, and I was like, who told you I'm not doing well. He's like, I don't know a few people, burr someone else. So, I think it was like because I'd gone on Bill's podcast and I think I was really drunk. And, um, but I mean, I was like a bottle and a half, two bottles of vodka a day, just solid for maybe two, three years, like nonstop. Yeah. Like hiding booze, like drinking
0: 24 hours a day. Um, I did that yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going through, uh, I'm going through OCD. Sometimes my OCD will kick in really heavy, and I, and it's it's and panic. you have to organize all the alcohol into your stomach. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. No, yesterday and yesterday was good. my wife's having this party. All these people came over at noon, and I got up at six. I I ranged the whole backyard. I started cooking briskets. Early. I don't understand. Oh that. yeah, I like it. And then, and then uh, I had a drink around like one o'clock, and then I had another one at like two o'clock. I fell asleep in the man cave. I woke up. And then it's like four we go over to the new house we start having a few pops there i have a cigar mm-hmm. and then we went and watched the movie knives out at a friend's house in the oh. screening room passed out in their screening room i want to see that it was it's all right it's i not. mean i want
2: to see you guys passed out in the <laughs> <screening room.
0: laughs> but yeah and then i woke up this morning going <laughs> at like six going i gotta go to hot spin i gotta go fucking i gotta flush this does out. that
2: help you flush it out when you oh my
0: god it writes it my boat immediately if, if you feel mm-hmm. sketchy and hungover i go to hot spin it's about 95 degrees in there it's been an hour Mm-hmm. i come out it's like i didn't drink the day before yeah and i'm completely fine and then uh but the the the, the i mean the battle is tonight i want to go i want to go i i get i get the vapors i'm like hey what do we want you guys want to go to an italian yeah. restaurant like oh yeah
2: then you get a martini Cause I mean, for yeah. me then i just get a martini right away
0: yeah so 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 you're who found the tick <laughs>
2: That's a little dicey to talk about right now, but (laughs) I'm in the midst of a few life changes that I have to kind of. There will be a nice moment where I could talk about all of it, but um, (laughs) I think you can imagine what happened.
0: (laughs) That would be a little dicey to share. (laughs) Suffice to say, someone found a tick.
2: (laughs) And. And I didn't think much of it, you know, like the tick and, and uh came back to LA. It was working and, and did they pull it out? Yeah. Okay. Some tweezers and I, I even kept it. And and then I went back to LA and didn't think about it. And I was riding with my writing partner and um I was like, Man, look at this weird mark on my arm. Um It's like it must have been from wrestling with my son because, like you know, he grabs my arm sometimes. Like he tries to hurt me, which I love. Like you you know, when you really feel them try to scratch you with their nails, and you're like, oh, you tried to get one in there, huh? Oh, too bad, daddy's big. But no, he. So I was like, my friend looked at it. Then a half hour later, I was like, did I tell you about the tick? And I so I tell him a story about the tick, and he's googling. I have no idea, and he flips his computer on. The mark on my arm is a lesion that you get from Lyme's disease, like and and it hits you quick like people say if you don't get the tick out within maybe less than 36 hours the chance if it had if the tick has limes you're you have it at that point really yeah. so i got it out like a week later and then sat with it dormant in my body for um maybe a month or something and immediately like everyone that you know that knows somebody that has limes disease like so I went to the doctor right away. But the thing is, you can't just go to doctors about Lyme disease. There's only a few that really understand how to get this out of your system. People that have chronic Lyme disease, like people that got a tick bite when they were 12, and then when they're 21, they're like, God, man, they just think life is normal, how tired they are and sore they are sometimes, and they find out and it's just chronic and it's there, you
0: know? Yeah, I saw that this is my only reference of Lyme disease. The girl from Real World Seattle had it. Oh, yeah. And she had like a freak out mode. And she was like, and then she came back. She's like, guys, um, this is like, I mean, this is like, th- there's been a number of things where someone said something when I was I was a kid and we didn't know that that it was real. And she was like, I have Lyme's disease. And everyone started laughing. We were like, Lyme's disease? Yeah. Is that even a thing? <laughs> and then you've come to feel you realize you're like, oh, it's a legit thing
2: yeah well i remember that too now i can't yeah but i remember she whatever she said she had to me it was the equivalent of AIDS.
0: i was like i oh, know man. I was, she's like it sounds a serious death sentence and i was like wait what what but so wait so you I, did you go to a doctor in la so i go
2: to this doctor in malibu um that's like the second best doctor for it in la the other guy was just booked so i at mean, this guy this guy in malibu and start treating it right away with like intense antibiotics and like a total diet change and like all these things that you have to, you know, switch, but also running tests on my body. And so I had a friend die last summer, this musician named Richard Swift, who if you haven't heard, you should listen to his whole library. He's amazing. And, um, right now he died of alcoholism. I mean, he straight died of Jesus booze, 44 it. And it, it took the wind out of me in a way that I, I mean, like four day benders in my office crying for four days drinking, you know, and I remember talking to his wife and they were like, um, she was like, yeah, you know, it was bad. And and him and I had spoken five days before he in the hospital, which was then two days later, he was in hospice that quickly just from drinking and liver and cirrhosis of the liver and the, you know, and the um, kidneys. And so she was somehow brought up like I was talking with her and her kids and and um, they were talking about they went to Disneyland like that was one of the, like the things they had done towards the end. And, and what I, I was like, man, how did he last at Disneyland all day? Because I've been wanting to take my son, but I seriously couldn't go more than an hour without drinking because I was waking up in the middle of the night with my legs numb. I was waking up in the middle of the night like with my heart hurting in a way that only downing the equivalent of five shots of vodka out of the hidden bottle that I have in the downstairs bathroom at three in the morning could save me from.
0: Wait, whoa, like it was legit. Like it wasn't just. This is like Nick Cage shit. Holy shit.
2: So and that's what and Richard and I had spoken on the phone a week before this all happened and he was in the same place. He was in a car in his car in the parking lot about to check himself into a, a place and um didn't work out but he obviously and he, so i knew that i was there i knew i was dying i really did you know i'd been sober for 12 years at one point from like 17 i'd gone thrown into rehab when i was 17 or whatever and just chalked it up to being a party kid and enjoyed the like love the fact that i was sober from my 20s like like that kind of kept me i was like i'm gonna be healthy forever now i was sober in my 20s yeah in some way but my 30s were just a, bl- a bender of a blur of a bender. But then towards the end, so the doctor and they had to do run all these blood tests on me and stuff. And so finally, I go in to meet with the doctor on a day. He's, he closes the door, which he never closed. And he sat down and he goes, I need to talk to you about drinking. He's like, well, I smell you. I can smell it on you. I've smelt it on you every time. Um, you're dying. You have 365 enzymes in your liver. And I was like, what is that? What, what's normal? And he said, six. So I don't know if I remember that correctly. I know that it was that drastic of a number difference. Yeah, your en-
0: when your enzymes sc- bump up, usually it means, it can mean you're sick, like you, like yeah. you have a cold or something, your mm-hmm. enzymes will try to fight it. But for the most part, it's, you know, my, that was why I quit drinking. That's why I started losing weight. My enzymes were up, not shockingly, but they were mm-hmm. h- elevated and my doctor's like you're getting a fatty liver like if you get a fatty liver that turns into cirrhosis that turns into but for me it was my weight he was like it's, yeah. he he's like it's not he's like you're 268 pounds or 258 pounds he was like of course your drinking's adding to it because you're drinking and that's why you're fat mm-hmm. so you need to lose weight and so I, that scared the shit out of me i lost 35 pounds and was like how about now and he was like oh you're good and then I, I just go right back to where i was i'm fucking trying to keep it off i
2: know well it's that's the thing too is he didn't say like you need to cut back he was like you're absolutely dying you're on your deathbed right now um you need to quit right now and he like gave me some plan and we like set up this thing of like medications he was gonna put me on and i just knew like i'm sitting there like it's not gonna work so i left and and um i had like a quarter of a bottle of tito's in my in my car i mean i was drinking and driving like every day i was just drinking out of a bottle of tito's driving down san fernando like Finished that quarter, bought another fifth, went up into the canyon, like parked off a canyon road in Malibu, left my car and walked into the canyon with a bottle just thinking like, well, this is it. And then the thing that kind of brought me out of it was thinking, well, okay, so if I do die down here, if I if I go down here and decide not to die, because I knew that I could just drink that bottle and I think I would die if I did that. If I decide not to, then I might have a ticket on my car and I might get a DUI. <laughs> so I like yeah. kind of had like that down halfway down the canyon, go back up, called Dave Becky, my manager, and just said, "My hands are up, man, put me into rehab, you know, like now it has to happen right now, or else it's not going to happen Jesus. And, and my buddy, my riding partner, Kevin too, was involved, and they came, grabbed me, put me into rehab, and when I went in, I blew a 38, a point three eight. And um, as calm as could be, answering questions, talking. Um, two days in, so you know you go into rehab like this. They're just trying to keep you alive and keep you comfortable through the detox. How do they do that? Um, different medications, like like Ativan, which is like which is basically you know Uh, yeah (laughs) yeah ativan yeah and um and then it's something else i can't think of the name right now that's like a pretty serious one that's used for like detoxing like they use it for multiple different types of detox but um and then they wean you off of it once you're through the ultimate you know but but the the reality of of alcohol and benzos ativan benzos benzos, those are the only two things that can absolutely kill you if you stop yeah you know, like, why, how can alcohol kill you if you stop? Is that your indeed? body will just heart attack seizure? Your are it. it there are the two things that if you are that addicted, if you are as, yeah. addic- as addicted as I was, if your body was as addicted, then it will just shut down. And that's what happened with Richard. That's what happened. And they weren't able to keep him alive. Oh, I
0: see. Okay. And, yeah.
2: and so, um, I was in there for a day and a half. Things were normal. I thought, I thought things were normal. I mean i wasn't feeling good and um i was having outer body experiences i can't even i was having what they call dt's which are delusional tremors which are actual like when they finally like told me about the things that were happening that i was talking about casually they were keeping a very close eye on me like because i brought up a horse that i had seen on the property no horses there was a a french bulldog that i was could have sworn was on the other side of this like ivy fence that i was like literally on the ground like 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 in uh, in the bushes thinking and and one of them had brought me out and they're like nick that property is under construction nobody lives there do you really think Jesus. a french bulldog would be on that property does that make any sense yeah <laughs> maybe a coyote like but and and um so i didn't know how bad it was getting and then i tried to escape on um this night like i just i really was losing i thought i thought that craig robinson was there and directing a movie that i was starring in and i was talking to everybody there as if like when's craig gonna get here and like god it's so cool that he's directing now like that that kind of stuff like and they were just they had no idea they had to go with it with me And uh, I guess one of the guys said, okay. And I was like, well, here's the thing is I haven't read the script, so I don't know what the scene is. And the guy goes, the scene is, is you lay on that couch and act like you're asleep. And I guess that's what, they were like, see these cameras and they were, obviously, those are what we're catching it all on. It's all like. And so I like lay on the, and then that night, so then they put me back to bed. And then they found me naked in the backyard at like three in the morning and rushed me to Santa Robles Hospital. Three in the morning, naked. Seizuring and the hospital called code on me, which is like, whoever's available, just please get here now. And the only thing I know from that moment was um, I woke up for a brief second and I still remember it kind of. It's so weird. And I woke up and there was a doctor above me and and he's like, Nick, you're tied down because you were being combative. And I like look down and my arms are tied down. I'm fully naked and there's people all around me. And he's like, we're trying to keep you alive. And then I'm just gone away and then i wake up i think three four days later in the hospital room still confused i didn't quite understand what was happening um i guess there was a phone in there i I would let it'd be great to hear what al madrigal has to say right now really because i called al while i was in there i i don't still don't know why but um i was told that i called al madrigal (laughs) I've never actually asked him about what what I talked about, but I know that I'd called a few people and was not clear, not making sense, not, you know, Um, and I guess a big thing, too, is that people, everyone that talked to me was like told like he's going to ask about his clothes. He doesn't have any, but he won't understand that. So just say that your clothes are there. (laughs) jesus so then i just got back into rehab after that after like seven days in the hospital and then stayed for 50 days and while i was in rehab my rehab burnt down in the malibu fires
0: oh you were that's when you were in rehab
2: so i woke up at like 8 30 go out and the whole house is you know it was smoking the day before it was like outside it was like fiery you know but you never think it's gonna like really come close it's not really happening you know yeah and everybody's like frantic and I'm in the kitchen making lemon water, which I'd started t- doing every morning. <laughs> and and, uh, and I'm like, hey, so do you know if we're going to have to evacuate or not? And they're like, we are. We have to be out of here in 10 minutes. And every, they just forgot to wake me up. I was like the last room oh, on this property shit. and they just didn't wake me up. So I like grabbed all my shit, got out and the house burnt down within two hours of evacuation.
0: Holy fuck. So wait, where do they take you when your house burns? Out we went up enough? to
2: some Airbnb in Oxnard or something like, yeah, but. People like that was a great excuse for people to just go back out and drink. God wants me
0: to drink. Yeah.
2: Obviously, we're not supposed to be in rehab. (laughs) (laughs) The Lord burn it down, guys. (laughs) Oh, God. But I just knew, I knew that like my life was over if I wasn't going
0: to stop. So when did you, when did you, when, when did you see a shift in the way your brain was thinking in rehab? When did you go, oh, yeah, I'm going to try to do this? Well, I only went in because I was going to try to do it, you know. But like, what? But, it's, but like, it's, there's
2: kids in there that don't want to be in there, and you like. I remember, I a couple times I would be sitting in a group, and I'd be like, "Listen, just because your mom and dad sent you here doesn't mean you have to say stupid shit." I'm actually trying to fucking learn. So the whole time in there, you were
0: like, <clears throat> "Yeah, I'm going to make this work."
2: Yeah, I mean, and it, but it was also amazing. You know, I was in Malibu. It was like it was. I was like treated like a celebrity. Dave Becky got me in. Like I. I got to take on my own, like, they would take me to the grocery store where no one else was going, and I got to, like, walk around these grocery stores, and, but I remember the first time I went, I had a full-on panic attack in the grocery, because I still couldn't be around people, it was, I was starting to get that way about drinking, like, I just couldn't be around people, I was having anxiety, and I never understood anxiety, you know? I remember
0: you came over here one time and did a podcast, and it was such a, I'd never seen anyone do it, but I was like, I I was like, oh, yeah, in my head, I've always actually Justified that behavior if it ever happens to me that, oh, Nick did it. So it's fine. But you were like, I remember you came in and we were about to start podcast You're like, I got to take a pull. You mind? And I was like, Yeah. And you just grabbed the first bottle, like a bottle of vodka, and just took a pull. And I'm, it's, I mean, you can see the video. You can find the video. <laughs> and I remember going, Do you want me to make you a drink? And you were like, Yeah, I'd love a drink. And I was like, Oh, I have a drink. And it was like, you know, 10 in the morning. And I, I mean, I swear to God, Nick, I've actually had my brain's a little more, um, yeah, a little more uh punitive like if i if i'm hungover, if i had too much to drink my body my, my brain wants to punish my body mm. like it wants me to do stuff i don't normally want to do get up go get a coffee go work out go go for a run go for a hike fight it yeah like and i, I can now i can never succumb to it like i many mornings you wake up hungover you're like hair of the dog we'll start the day off but i just i don't i can't i can't do that for some reason but I've always thought that if I needed to, I could do it and justify it because you did it. I remember. I remember. It's <laughs> I such remember a, that. Such a funny. You're like, I could use a little tug, and I was like, Hey, I'm hungover too. I was like, Well, you know, we're podcasting. This, I'm making money. I'm working. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> and then but we proceeded to drink the whole time. Yeah. And then I, but I've never, I've never, I've never, I've never, I never knew you were drinking like that though. Like I never, even seeing it, I'm so naive sometimes.
2: People didn't know I was really good at.
0: You see, I, hiding I, mean, I followed it. you on instagram all the Keep my time shit together you never feel it never seemed like you ever had yeah. any like any inkling of a
2: problem the thing is is i looked like i mean like if if you look at pictures of me now compared to then, like my face was like just like bloated like you know just total alcohol like that's the the those are like the small things that kind of happen in the beginning of quitting where you're like oh i look better wow yeah my skin's better my you know all the things that you try and hold on to that are bonuses that you you know because you miss all the things that you love about drinking yeah especially going into the holidays jesus it's yeah i don't i was telling someone today if i punch my brother this year it's because he deserves it (laughs) 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 no that won't be the alcohol talking
0: (laughs) (laughs) your family's big uh like i always think like a big beer family too yeah oh yeah like get out in the boat let's have a beer
2: boat beer let's get out and have a fist fight and christmas eve and shotgun a beer afterwards kind of
0: what did you like did your parents have any idea
2: everyone knew everyone everyone that's close to me that knew me and the thing is i was just kind of losing myself you know like that's when, when you see that somebody's really an alcoholic and like really Going down this path, they just have lost themselves. Like they just, I'm not me. You know, like yeah. I, I, you can't have conversations with me. I, I remember we, I was, I was meant to pitch a, a TV show. That four days after I went into rehab, I had meetings at ABC, NBC, Fox, CBS, all the networks to pitch a network show, and with my writing partner and they had to cancel all those but we like gone we were meeting with people he's like he's like i'd already talked to dave about your drinking because i could tell that you weren't okay like we weren't we were not going to have those meetings if you didn't decide you wanted to go to rehab we were still going to cancel them and i just sold the show a month ago the same exact show a year so (laughs) just on a phone call to somebody like hey you should make the show i'm going to email it to you and they're like yeah great abc is going to do it like cool
0: because sober it's just easy to do shit (laughs) for me sober it's it's i mean i i do you know i do october every year and then the fallout is that i have big chunks of sobriety throughout november december and then you know what happens to me is i start a tour up again or or in this case i'll be doing tv so i don't know if i'll be drinking but like once i go on tour that's when i feel the, the wheels come off a little bit and it just, and like I always gain weight. It's hard weight. not to. Dude, it's, it's so hard to be on a tour bus not drinking. Yeah. Especially when, you know, it's like your brand is around it. I've always been trying to be careful to make sure that I have somewhat of a grasp on it, but I don't think, I don't think there's, I don't, I mean, I, I look, I think there's some people like, I, I don't you think there's any You make
2: good choices though. Make, I, I, I'm, I'm. You never find yourself in almost fight when you're alone in a city, right? Or like,
0: no. Yeah. I'm I'm a friendly drunk and I and I, you know, we, we get down to the base of it. I drink to get rid of. Sometimes I drink to get to go to sleep. Like that's I mean basically, yeah. I'll open a bottle of wine because so I'm like it's the end of the day. If I have a glass of wine, I'll fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Not a glass. Who has one glass? Yeah. it, just looking to stain. I your mean, teeth. technically, a
2: bottle is glass.
0: I take a bottle is gla- a bottle is glass. Yeah, so I have, just have a glass, glass of wine. wine.
2: <laughs> <It's> a- <laughs> <laughs> fucking weird shaped thick glass but <laughs> when was the first
0: time you went back out on the road sober uh,
2: I think I went to like Peoria like I just said just give me start giving me gigs I don't care <laughs> and
0: give me gigs that make me want to drink We're yeah test this out but you
2: know like in Peoria I went to a an AA meeting and it was like 70 year old men. Oh, are you
0: going to AA meetings? oh yeah
2: oh yeah. those seem fun see I knew I had I knew that it was like this thing that I had I was talking to my friend that I mean had a major pill like problem and by the all way i
0: completely understand pill problems me too i, I, I went through a pill phase as well. i, I like call it. get pills like mm-hmm. pills are no joke i say this with a bottle of fucking xanax next to me because there have been many of times and, and i think once again i go to this punitive part of my brain is i definitely had a pill problem when when i was i was i won't say we'll save names but um i was i was had a friend and i like he had a pill problem and It kind of spilled over into me because it wasn't frowned upon because we both technically had anxiety so yeah and then i just of course in my brain i'm like i'm always gonna want a beer and a beer with a pill is maybe like the warmest blanket you'll ever get and then two beers with a pill but then six beers with a pill and you got i got i can understand radiohead songs like Mm -hmm. like mathematically what pill Xanax. It was always Xanax. Oh. I had a problem with Oxycontin too. I, yeah, I, I had a problem. I had. Uh, I fell off a waterfall and I couldn't. Um, and I, I, I almost broke my back. I thought I broke my back, but uh, they sent me home. I couldn't even like. So it I couldn't, started with pain. Started with pain, and they prescribed me oxys, and and I was like, I took one, and I was like, nice, and then I was like, I'm gonna be careful. I'm not gonna get addicted to these. And I was in a hotel bed the next day, and I didn't take it. I didn't take it in the middle. I didn't wake up to take it, and I couldn't get out of bed. And I had to piss in the bed. I could. I was stuck in the bed, and I was like, "That will never happen again. I will Dude. always be on top of my pills." And man, <laughs> cut to, cut to my wife. So
2: you were conscious.
0: Oh, and you were just like, well, I. And then I did. I, I, I ripped out my
2: catheter in the hospital. By the way, I uh, <laughs> I had a condom catheter. You know what those are?
0: I can guess what it. Yeah, sounds yeah, like. and
2: I ripped it off, and then um. I don't remember this. This is what I was told but there was somebody there that was visiting me and they said that the nurse came back in and she was like, here, you want to put it back on? And I was like, no, I mean, what else you, this, when am when else am I going to have a <laughs> 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 nurse do this? Come on, just do your damn job. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> don't give me the
0: option. Now I feel like a creep by asking you to do it. I remember the first time they gave me, I just told someone this, I'm sure, but uh, I got after I fell off the waterfall, they brought me into the emergency room and they had to roll me over on my side to get pictures of my ribs and my back. And they said to me, we're gonna give you Dilaudid. I knew what that was from, other than that, from Johnny Knoxville. Mm-hmm. And they're like, it's basically heroin. We're gonna give you heroin to get. And I was like, hold on. I was like, I don't want it. I got a bad brain, something like that. I don't wanna even know what that side of the world feels like. Oh, yeah. And she was like, honey, if I don't give it to you, you will be in the most excruciating pain in your life trying to get these photographs of your back. I need to give it give it to you. So I grabbed my phone, and I was like, all right, well, if you're going to give it to me, I'm writing a poem. So I was like, it's Kurt Cobain's favorite drug. Mm-hmm. So I hit voice record, and it hit me. My face got warm, and all I could say was, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm such a meathead.
2: Oh, the way warmth kind of yeah. blankets you.
0: Oh, oh, my God. oh, but yeah, I, I mean... I get all of that.
2: I remember I was in a pill phase where I um, (laughs) forgot my pills and my passport at home and was on my way to, I forget where, and I was at the airport. And I I called my buddy and I was like, you need to get my pills and my passport and get them to the airport. And I was coming down off pills so bad. And I was in a line that was like waiting to rebook my ticket because I was gonna miss my flight. And I was lying on the ground And in this line, and every time the line moved, I would just slide my backpack and move over more. And I remember at one point, some guy was there and I was like, sir, could you get me a glass of water? (laughs) He was like, no.
0: Sir, sir, if you could just (laughs) see right clear, one glass of water, maybe a cheeseburger over there, I'll I'll spot you. Is there
2: anything out here in the terminal?
0: (laughs) Pills are, man, oh, they're so good. Oh, the the dirtiest deed I ever did on pills, like the dirt the when the one the one eyebrow razor where you're like, oh, mm-hmm. is we I got I fell off the waterfall. I came back, called the doctor in the in North Carolina and said, um, "Hey, my back still hurts. I need more pills." No, and he prob- was like, he was like, no problem. And then my doctor here called and said hey, I understand you fell off a waterfall. Do you need me to refill a prescription? And I went, of course I do. My wife found out and was like, I remember I was laying in bed and I rolled over to get a pill and they were gone. And I looked up and she was standing there. She said, you're done, big boy. And I said, (laughs) what? She goes, you are done. She (laughs) goes, go get a prescription of marijuana. Drink your fucking face off. You are not eating pills anymore. And I was like, I was like, hold on, these are prescribed. She goes, I don't give a fuck. A She's like, you're life. gonna you're done. And we got we were going camping that week. Camping, mm. sleeping on the ground. And I was like, baby, you gotta give me, you gotta give me like five more days of pills. Five more days. She's like, you're negotiating for drugs. You're never getting them. <sighs> and so I went and I got a prescription for marijuana. I remember going in and being like, I fell off a waterfall. And the guy's like, yeah, listen, you don't have to do that. Just tell me you have a hard time sleeping. Yeah. And I was like, No, I fell off a fucking waterfall.
2: You yeah. always do my trick. What's that? I just, I have anxiety that someday my back might hurt. <laughs> 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 and they will just write you up.
0: <laughs> oh, that was back in the day when you had to get a prescription. But I remember we got high. I've been high in forever. I mean, i gotten high a few times, but I hadn't gotten like high by myself high. And I was in, uh, we were in Costco and I kept saying, the lighting in here is phenomenal. And I was like, <laughs> and my wife's like, what? that's what, yeah. I was like the lighting so are you smoking cigarettes
2: i'm chewing oh i've got one in right now are you serious i just put them in and leave them
0: what is it a snooze i don't spit (laughs) is it is it just dip yeah yeah really Mm -hmm. it's brutal it's
2: what i used to do when i was younger when i I, because i like fishing and stuff i would just like live with chew in my mouth and then i quit um copenhagen
0: oh my
2: that is it's bad i know and i want to get into this this nicotine stuff that's not snooze it's nothing it's just straight because you know tobacco's the thing that kills us yeah nicotine can raise your heart and do all those things but yeah. that's not what's giving us cancer
0: so i think i just need to i think it's just tough man i love the taste i love i love i i've always said to myself in, in like an ocd bet if i ever put another dip in my mouth i'll get mouth cancer immediately. Mm-hmm. And I've, I, it's been, it's been, how long was the last, the last time I chewed. See, I, 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 I dipped all through college, dipped and smoked cigarettes all through college. And then quit, quit everything. Quit drinking for like six months in, uh back in, in when, when I first met Leanne, like right around then, quit drinking. And I was at the Rite Aid uh on Fairfax and Sunset. And I saw chewing tobacco, and I just, as a lark, like like right, uh, I know that Red thing. Man, and I went, oh, you know, maybe I'll have a chew tonight. I don't know, make a cigar or a chew. And I was like, let me get a thing of Red Man. And I put it in my cheek, and immediately the nicotine hit me. And I'd never had gotten a buzz from chewing ever. Oh, yeah. Ever. I'd gotten a buzz from I don't dipping, eat anymore, but, but, but not yeah. Red Man. And I was back on 100%. I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. And I kept chewing. The last chew I took was um, in, on. Our, we drove from Atlanta, or roughly, where Leanne grew up, just outside Leanna, Bowden. we drove from Bowden to Key West, and I had a bag of chewing tobacco, and on the drive, I had it, my heart was just racing, and I wasn't enjoying it. And I was like. I like how you went with Redman, too. I mean, oh, that's. Golden blend.
2: I don't like Redman. Oh, I love, Redman, golden Blend. tastes so fucking good. I, yeah, the taste isn't bad, but. I would always rather have snuff than have oh, I'm if you if balled you could, up shit in my cheek. if you
0: I, the problem with snuff for me is I cannot quit it. I, once I start it, if mm. I, I, I mean, like, I would always be like, oh, I'll just be the guy that has one dip every now and then. But the second I put it in my mouth, it's like it's like I'm home. It's like I, yeah, wanna, I, I want to tell it you a time. story. I want to hear a story. Mm. <laughs> I want people to get in a circle and have like a church it's like me and God, I miss I miss tobacco. Mm. I smoke cigars. Yeah but uh you don't inhale no my dad inhales cigars really yeah
2: holy shit my dad smokes like backwoods you know (laughs) like those clint eastwood yeah 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 like long look like they've been rolled by jesse james (laughs) yes he smokes those like i don't actually you know maybe he quit now it's been a while but um i'll find out over the holidays but yeah that was his thing and that it's just like haggard you know oh
0: my god
2: so we how did your son notice the drinking, yeah, you know, I think I got out okay. I remember someone in rehab telling me that their parent, their her dad, was sober ever since she was five, and she doesn't ever remember him drinking. And that's right about when I got I got sober, like right around his fifth birthday. Missed. I was in rehab for his birthday. It sucked, but but it's better. Yeah, I was like, it's, least she's it's better sixth. for other birthdays. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it makes me a better parent, hundred percent. Oh, mean, how was the amends process still? In the mix of that, like, really, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm taking it slow. I'm like, also, I've been like busy, like all the reasons, you know. There's some people run through the steps like quick, other people take years, some people never do them.
0: Oh, really? I, thought I mean, not like,
2: that's not like suggested. What's suggested is you take the steps.
0: Yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, so wait, hold on, I'm
2: trying to get them. My, my first twelve years of sobriety, I did not take, I did not do the steps. I just was sober and went to meetings because I, I like the meetings you know, and like the actual program of it is, you know, and they talk about like all the treasures and like the things that you get, the, once you go through these things, the feelings that you have, and it's so true. I mean, it's just as basic as tackling the things that you need to tackle that are in front of you. You know how you're saying like on the way and just being overwhelmed too much going on. I get that way so easy in my, you know, especially when you have like a trip coming up and you're like, okay, so I've got to pack, you know, like everything that you have to do starts like hitting you. And I got to spend time with this person or else they're going to think that I'm not caring or this and that. And that's the one thing I just now I'm like, the only way out is through. It's kind of this this idea of loving pain. Um, I just, to be able to say out loud, I love pain, just give me pain. Because if you accept that, then it doesn't hurt as much because you are saying to give, you know, like this, somebody told me the story of like this running back who wasn't the best, you know, like high school, Texas guy, like wasn't the best, wasn't the fastest, but he didn't care about pain. So the first play of every game, he took the ball and just ran it down the middle, didn't care what happened, didn't care if he gained, didn't care if he didn't, and just got hit. And at that point on, he wasn't avoiding getting hit. He was running into it. whereas like everyone else is dancing around trying not to get tackled and he's just like yeah fucking run into tackles you know and it's like that with life as far as like once i got sober it's like okay here's all the shit that i need to run into and just you know the feeling when you when you make the call that you haven't wanted to make for weeks and you're like oh the second you make it you're like why didn't i do that
0: two fucking weeks ago no there's nothing better than getting something off your plate like that especially like emotionally i've had i've had conversations I've had conversations where I was sweating, into on in the anticipation of the conversation. Yeah, and then you have them, and you get out, you're done. You're like, that wasn't as bad.
2: And the amount of brain power that goes into it beforehand.
0: Yeah, and you then you think of all these people like that enjoy confrontation, and you're like, oh, they just like getting shit off their plate. Like they just like being like, oh, I'm getting in front of this.
2: Yeah, well, it's also like about it's the difference between aggression and being assertive. You know, to be aggressive, it's like no compromise this is what i want give it to me kind of running through and to be assertive is to stand out and say hey this is what it is i'm willing to compromise with you on it but like let's just figure it out you know and do you
0: have you been going to therapy yeah how's that
2: i mean i've always been in and out of therapy but for the first time i'm telling the truth you know i mean (laughs) i've i've gone i've gone from a therapist i had a i've had a therapist tell me that she didn't think it was working out yeah in the past this older woman it really hurt me <laughs> it's like I'm a, but I, I don't know why because i was fucking lying to her i was yeah. like i was trying to make her think like wow look at this nice young man that comes in here yeah meanwhile i'm jerking off in the parking lot and <laughs> just watch porn all the time like <laughs> oh God. which i finally got through which i love like you know there were times in my life where it was just like that was something bogging me down and i'm not like this anti-porn guy i love it but um i finally realized like oh man You got to get out of your hotel room. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing is going to make you happy. You are going to keep looking.
0: There's nothing, there's no worse feeling in the world than waking up hungover, watching porn, jerking off. And as soon as that's done, like five minutes later going, maybe if I jerked off, you're like, I already spent it. Oh,
2: damn it. Damn it. I already did
0: that. (laughs) Ah, Shit. I got nothing.
2: Well, and it's that feeling too, like, you know, going into therapy and being like, so what's your sexual life like? Perfect. Great. Whereas like, well, I watch porn every day and. Oh, let's talk about that. So, you know, that's just like the small detail of all of the shit that I was never talking. My best, oh God, I love this. I had a therapist that was like $300 a session. Wow. And I got him from my buddy that like writes big movies. And he was like, this is the guy, he's the best, you know. He lives up in a canyon, cold water somewhere like up there, Nichols Canyon or something and drive in. And it's this gravel driveway, huge house that he only lives in three days of the week. His whole family lives in a mansion in San Francisco. And you go down into this little area where it's like a room like this and there's a couch and there's like, you know, sand to like rake and all that shit and highlights magazines. And and every time I'd gone, it was just me. Like every time I pull in, there's no other car there. And I walk in and sure enough, the guy's there. This time I pull in and a car had pulled in right in front of me but like, 50 yards ahead of me they park and i see a guy get out an older man can't really make him out kind of looks clocks me a little bit you can tell that he's like what's this other car doing here he walks down into the room i park. and it's weird it's probably just someone paying or something i don't know. go down and it's fucking ray liotta <laughs> is sitting in the waiting room for this doctor and i'm he's like got a pair of glasses on and he's like looking at like highlights or something he like looks up at me and goes back and I'm sitting there like raking, like Jesus, like, and he goes, uh, so he looks down, he sees my wedding and He's like, you married? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, uh, what do you do? I like, comedian. Uh, he's like, yeah, you know, we talk a little bit. And then he goes, what time's your appointment? I said, 2.30. And he goes, that motherfucker. He fucking double booked us. Fuck. And he goes, okay, here's what we're gonna do. When he walks out, <laughs> I'm gonna stand up and start screaming at him. And I'm gonna walk out. And I want you to stop me at the door. <laughs> and before I can even be like, what the fuck? <laughs> the doctor walks out and he goes, he says, you motherfucker, you fucking double booked me for the last fucking time. And he goes to the door and I'm like, Ray, no.
0: Ray, 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 Ray. Wait.
2: <laughs> Ray you, have the, you have the appointment. You need it more than I do. And he goes, he turns around and he goes, no, you're married. You need it. And he walked out. <laughs> And I look at the doctor and I was like, uh, that was all, he put that whole thing together. He was like, this happens a lot.
0: <laughs> and I'm, like, oh, God. I'm his therapist. You don't have to defend him. <laughs> he doesn't
2: really have a grip on his schedule. <laughs> oh, that's fucking great. Yeah. So funny.
0: <clears throat> oh, that's so awesome.
2: But just everyone's seeking therapy, you know, everyone's whatever. And oh. I, I, I understand people that don't go to therapy. I myself am small minded is what I like to think. And I need I need to say things in front of somebody in some form of accountability. Somebody that is not attached to my life that I could just be like, yeah, I had this thought where I thought, I don't care if she dies. <laughs> like, honestly, I actually started thinking of the benefits of if she died. Yeah. Obviously, we're talking about my neighbor. And- <laughs> <laughs> and 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 i can't say that to my buddy or anybody you know like i and the doctor's like okay well what like what is this aggression about and like death and i'm like i don't know i just want to fucking kill her (laughs) (laughs) and it's not and that's normal how many times have you wanted to for a second say you want to kill somebody or Mm. do something or Mm. have you ever wanted to fucking drive off
0: a bridge like today i thought today for the first time ever in my entire life I was, I was in a very vulnerable, vulnerable moment. I was showing something to Leanne. I needed her attention. And my daughter, Isla, this actually happened yesterday. My daughter, Isla showed up, she's painting Saturn. And I said, Hey, what do you think? And Leanne goes, what do you, what do you think about what she painted? And I was like, hold on. In my head, I wanted to go, well, listen, you know, I'm a wreck right now. You know that I'm not doing well. You know that my brain is very fragile and I'm I'm repeating thoughts over and over again, and mm-hmm. it's making me crazy. You know that. And you know that I'm trying to hold it together, and I just need your attention for two seconds. And my wife did this big dick move where she kept going, no, no, what do you think? What Your daughter's holding something. Your daughter's holding, and I felt like going, that fucking Saturn doesn't pay the goddamn bills around here, <laughs> so let's fucking prioritize. And I felt like I, I, I got so fucking mad that I was like, oh, if... That's when you hit a woman. Like that's where your brain That's where my brain went. <laughs> that's why like in the in the twenties, how you go, woman, smack. But you know, I I didn't grow up like that. So I I didn't think about hitting her. But I was on today. I was like, I was still chewing up. I was like, that that one incident spun me out really bad for the day. That yeah. one incident. And I and it spun me out this morning. I was still fucked up over that one incident. And I was in spin. And I that's when I thought. I went, I was so angry. I could have fucking just wanted to grab her and choke her and then i was like and then i had that thought i was like oh that's when you they would have hit women that's when yeah that's yeah. when yeah women that's when, died that's why that's when back in the day when a man would hit a woman that's when he'd do it and i was so fucking angry at her and then we're, and we're still fighting today yeah still that, fighting that'll today. bleed over for days we're still fighting because i said because she knew it she knew that i was fragile and she she doesn't understand uh any sort of my wife doesn't understand weakness very well. Mm -hmm. And so like, even in her weak moments, she doesn't see them as weak moments. She finds them to be powerful because she's standing up for herself in a weak moment. I don't get it. She's learning, yeah. Yeah. And so like, when I say to her, hey man, I can't stop repeating this song lyric and it's making me a little crazy. And I need you to like, and I say this, I I go, I'll go, hey, come in the bed, let's cuddle, let's talk, let's change, get my dinner, and she'll go, seriously i'm so fucking busy and i'm probably going hey let's hey we're you know we're dangling by a fucking thin line here we're having a rough fucking day (laughs) but nope and it's it's you know
2: what it is too that this is what i've had to learn is because i'm i can be confrontational and i can say shit right away yeah and i've been using this this method called pause where it's just what it is it's just taking a pause it's like hearing what is being said to you, knowing exactly what you want to say, but knowing I am allowed a pause in anything. Even if you ask me right now, hey, could you do my show tomorrow at the improv? I don't have to immediately say, yes, no. Yeah. I could take a pause and think, okay, what's my life like? Do I want to do that tomorrow? I don't owe anyone an answer or a response immediately. And and I've learned to like, I've really kind of put that into everything, like initial email response let's check back in in an hour <laughs> yeah and i've even started saying people like you know what what you just said i i need some time
0: and why wouldn't i get it i said today i said today and i i th- i thought it was a really powerful statement so many people are qu- are so quick to uh, send a text send an email something happens and they want to reply immediately i i had someone some guy fucking treated me treated me very disrespectfully when i didn't feel like he should have felt like i'd done a lot for this guy and he did something really like kind of fucking he i think he's going through his own problems but yeah, we all but it, are but but it was not at the time i wanted to deal with it and i wrote this email and then i i, I paused and i said you know what I, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna reply i'm not." Gonna, and and i thought to myself so often people reply but then the thought i had today was they only know you're you're crazy if you talk. Like, yeah. if you don't talk, then no one knows you're out of your fucking mind. Yeah, no now. one knows all of the the shit you've thought about. All the crazy shit that goes on in my head. I'm like, just don't... Just Let's shut the fuck up every
2: now and then. Well, here's something I did that changed the game for me. I... So I had major mom issues, like, blocked her on my phone. Like, we haven't spoken for a year and a half. Really? And... um. So funny, I had some major
0: mom issues recently, too.
2: And I was suggested by somebody to write a letter from my mom to me with all of the things I wish she would say. And I did. And if it's not the most beautifully written letter I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) You send it to her? (laughs) No, no. It's just I, I read it. It was to me from her, you know? And it's like this thing where like now, like apologizing, breaking down the reasons, like, yeah, of course, because I did this to you and the way that I treated you like this, that's why you have a problem with this. And now you need to man up to that, you know, or in my mind, I'm like, okay, now, now she said, sorry, now I need to man up to this, like whatever this issue is, you know, but it was just free. It's like, it's like writing the email to somebody that you, that you don't send. But in this sense, it was really like good to just, carefully craft all of these overwhelming feelings I have surrounding her every time I think about her. Have you always
0: had a problem with your mom? Yeah. Really? Since birth, I think. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Mid-roll reads. Mid-roll reads. What are they? These are mid-roll reads. If you're like me, you've got lots of stuff. Lots and lots of stuff. Stuff you no longer use or maybe even never use. Stuff that doesn't spark joy in your life Now that the New Year's here, it's time to finally deal with all that stuff. And I'm not talking about hiding in the closet. I'm talking about selling it on Macari. You know, Macari, the selling app. The selling app that makes selling almost anything fast and easy. So here's where you begin. Go through your home and find all the stuff you didn't use in 2019. That phone in the drawer, the pair of jeans you only wore once, the handbag hiding in the back of your closet. Listing it takes just minutes. You take a few pics, add a description, and boom, your item's connected to millions of buyers on the app. Macari will even email you a shipping label when it sells. Everything ships so there's no awkward meetup with strangers, which is great now that it's dark at night. The app has over 500,000 reviews on the App Store with an average rating of 4.8. So why not give it a try? Ring in the new year with less stuff in your home and more money in your pocket with Mercari. That's Mercari, M-E-R-C-A-R-I, Mercari, the selling app. This podcast is also brought to you by Blue Apron. I absolutely Love Blue Apron. As a matter of fact, my wife's cooking a Blue Apron in the kitchen as we speak. Here's the question, though. Can healthy be delicious? Blue Apron thinks so. And with their new health-conscious menu featuring a range of ready-to-cook meals made with lean proteins, whole grains, minimal dairy, and flavor-packed produce, the New Year's is looking bright, and we all want to lose weight over the New Year's. Discover balance with the weekly recipes That range from grain bowls to curries, to salads, to stir fries. The beginning of a new year is always a great time to reevaluate your lifestyle and your eating habits. Blue Apron believes a healthy lifestyle starts with a balanced relationship with food and knowing exactly what goes into each meal. Because you chop it, grate it, zest it, sear it, season it, and plate it into existence. It's all done from the comfort of your own home. You know what you're putting into your body because you are making it yourself. Create a personalized plan that works for you with Blue Apron's ever-changing mix of plant-forward, vegetarian, carb-conscious, Mediterranean, diabetes-friendly, WW-approved, and 500 calories or less options. Choose from a variety of chef designs, ready-to-cook meals with perfectly portioned ingredients and lots of flavorful options all sent directly to your door. Best of all, Blue Apron helps me disconnect from my phone and connect with my family, discover my inner chef, learn new recipes, new t- new techniques. I've said this forever. I am closer with my family because of Blue Apron. We've got a thing we do together, so forget looking at food on social media. Connect with your family. I'm actually talking about taking time to plate my meals, put it out on the table for my family, and really enjoy it. And I remember why I love cooking because Blue Apron has exposed me to delicious recipes I wouldn't have thought to try. With Blue Apron, the hard parts are done for me. Cooking isn't a burden anymore. In fact, it's actually fun to learn new kitchen skills with each meal. Blue Apron chef design recipes include amazing specialty saucias, 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 sauces, and premium ingredients blends that Otherwise, it would be difficult, expensive, or time-consuming to source or make. So, create a healthy mealtime routine that works for you in this 2020. Check out this week's menu and get sixty dollars off when you visit blueaproncom slash That's blueaproncom slash Blue Apron feed your soul. I don't have I don't have problems with my parents. Um per se, but I, I will say that there are, there are like, like, this is going to sound really fucking crazy. My dad has always been obsessed with my weight, like always. I mean, to the point where it was like, if I was, he wouldn't, he would never do it to my sisters. But I mean, I like, it's, it's like him looking, he looks at me through this like fucking like, uh, like a carnival mirror. So like every time. He sees me. He all he can see is fat. Is he overweight? He has been. He's not right now. Right now he's really skinny. Um, and he has been really skinny. But he's never done it. He he ran marathons his whole life. And like he was an obsessive runner, like hardcore runner. And then you know he gained a lot of weight in his forties, and he got up to like two seventy six is his fattest. But he'll send me texts of pictures of him when he was fat, mm-hmm. and be like two seventy six. Like now that he's lost weight. 276 can you believe that 276 what's your weight at, buddy and then you're just like i don't like i don't want to do by the way my weight was never an issue to me my entire fucking life until other people it was an issue with them i was like i can't imagine what a real fat person must feel like like (laughs) like a real mess like what they fucking must get it from everywhere
2: also that they don't hear it on every time they post an instagram where someone says Bert's fat or something oh that's
0: all i mean it's it, it, that it's so funny but that that one inside joke that tom and i had that became you know big for both of us plays so i mean close to the line oh it's it plays so much to my sincere insecure like i do shit can't believe i'm going to share this i feel like this has been a very very open freeing podcast mm-hmm. this past christmas um i or thanksgiving i i woke up one day uh, i was feeling a little overweight and i went to hot spin and i went and i worked out i went to hot spin in the morning i didn't eat lunch i got on the treadmill and I ran five miles on the treadmill and I felt really fucking good. I felt really skinny. Mm -hmm. And I, and my dad had just gotten in town and I said to my daughters, my wife, I was like, Hey, let's go over and see Nana and Papa and Teddy and and my sisters. And they were like, yeah, we're, I don't think we want to go over tonight. And I was like, no, 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 let's do it tonight. I want to see them. And they're like, well, we've got a lot of stuff we want to do. I maybe, maybe you can just go. I go, no, 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 let's all go over. And they're like, Dad, we don't, we don't, we we're busy. And I, I can't believe I said this to my daughters, but I said, Hey, I look fucking skinny. I need t- my dad to see me like this so I can have a good week with him. Mm-hmm. And my daughters are like what did you just say and i was like i haven't eaten all day i've worked out twice i look really good right now my youngest daughter isla is like dad i can't tell the difference between when you think you're skinny and when you think you're fat you look the exact same <laughs> i was like oh thanks honey my my wife pulled me aside and she's like okay she's like we're going over to see your dad if that's what's gonna i mean mm-hmm. she goes you gotta realize how fucking unhealthy that is that you haven't eaten all day just so you can see your dad so that you can start this trip on a good foot and i was like yeah I mean, it's like, I I remember I had a friend one time offer me a bunch of money to lose, to get to like 205 pounds. A friend, some friend said, I'll give you a a, a text. I I bet you this. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, I couldn't do it because I couldn't have with that friend what i have with my dad and like yeah. and i i have it with Segura in bits and pieces with That's the answer like 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 when they see me it's a, a lot of people when they see me it's about my weight first mm. and like it, it makes me absolutely fucking crazy at times and I don't, I don't mind the jokes i don't give a fuck about it and i look i when i i think sometimes it's inspired me when i was 258 and joey called me chinese and he was like god Bird looks chinese i mean his fucking eyes what the fuck's wrong with Bert? Look, when Joey Diaz is saying what the fuck's wrong with Bert, you're like, okay, mm-hmm. maybe I should lose some fucking weight. But yeah, it's it's crazy. What's
2: it, your big? That's your top. Like two fifty eight is when you two fifty eight the like, biggest
0: I've ever been. Yeah, two fifty eight. I'm probably two twenty five to thirty right now. That's a good way. It's I would like to be skinnier. I'm working out, but I'm I'm not healthy about losing weight, dude. I mean, my easiest way to lose weight ever, and don't think I wasn't contemplating it tonight is to take a Xanax at like six o'clock and just go to bed and wake up skinny. It's not healthy. There's no, I haven't never learned a healthy way to avoid food, avoid dude. I just, I came home the other night from the store and I had a few drinks and we smoked a joint and I'm in the kitchen and I go, so the math of this is I'm hungry, but just don't eat. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. That seems healthy. Like
2: that's what I do with chew. You know, like I, I can just not, I can put a chew in and then I won't eat for, for hours. You've never
0: had issues with your weight.
2: No, no, no. But I, I, since getting sober, I definitely like want to eat all the time. When I was drinking, I did not want to eat. Really? And I saw like, if I do indulge and go two weeks with eating, yeah, that throws on 10 pounds really fast Yeah, that I don't want, you know, unless it's muscle,
0: like who male. I was just about to say, <laughs> do you see the fucking hate going back and forth about that? With who? apparently the heir of Disney? no. the head of Disney, some Disney her name last name's Disney. Edna. Is that her name? I don't know. i I know there's an Edna Disney.
2: but um, but there, what was the hate? She didn't think he was hot
0: enough. no it it does it is bizarre. like, hang on. i I googled I was like, I was trying to look for the picture to you show know, my wife. And I Googled Kamel today and all that came up was this Disney lady. Um, My fucking vision. Has your vision gotten better since you quit drinking? No. Kamel looks fucking ridiculous. He looks amazing. I've never seen. He's the best looking. He is physically the best looking comic in the business. Yeah. I mean, did he get like jawline implants or something? I mean, it really, his whole body is. There's no better. I mean, what's crazy is, I mean, he's. He's bigger and more ripped than Rogan, than Dane at Dane's height. Like when Dane was like going out for action stars, Dane, like Chris D'Elia, D'Elia works out. Like all these guys that work out mm-hmm. and, and have aspired action stars, Kumail did it. Like he fucking mm-hmm. did it.
2: Well, he did it with a lot of help, like he said in that, which I really appreciated about that post. Because Disney
0: heiress slams uh, Kumail Johnny for his thirsty Instagram photo what she saying oh apparently she slammed him and then she read what he wrote like she was like first of all this is i guess i'm gonna i'm gonna really butcher this but she was like seriously this is just so wrong like that the amount of narcissism that goes into getting your body to look like that and then camille addressed that in his thing He was like obviously there's been a lot of this hasn't been healthy i've been doing this for a year i've been obsessed about what i eat and working out like he's got like but also like I mean, think
2: about how much money it costs to have that, that body, because he talks about the trainers and I know it. I mean, I like Chris Pratt, like when he, I have the same agents and they told me what that was like. And I mean, I have agents that are like, you should really like bulk up. And I'm like, no, I want to yeah. look like Sean Connery, James Bond. Like, yeah. I want to look like a man. I yeah. don't want to look like a guy at a bar or at a gym. I want to just look like a man. And that's going to be better than like looking like Chris Hemsworth whatever.
0: Yeah, you know who by the way Kumail's bigger than Chris Hemsworth. That's apparently. crazy. Like they side by side pictures, Kumail's bigger than Chris Hemsworth. I mean, yeah, i love muscles, but I I mean, I don't, what kind of shit do you think I don't think love this, that life. What kind of shit do you think this this tech uh this, this tech support guy is going to get into in this movie? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I guess he's probably trans, you know, lifting a lot of computers. And... <laughs> yeah, he's like, I got this. And he rips a computer out of the wall. I'll be back in a week. I, like what is it party's playing?
2: But see, it's okay. So, like, this is this actually goes to my theory of how I wanted to look. So when I got sober, I was like, listen, I want to be healthy and I want to be sexy and I want to feel good. Yeah. I saw somebody and I just walked up to him. I just I wanted his body. He just looked fucking great. He looked great. And I said, "What do you do?" And he's like, "Oh, I climb." He's like, "Actually, this gym I climb, and there's a they have a gym there, and I Climbers do some, some stuff." Great fucking body. So now I climb for real. Yeah, and it's like, if you want, so like if you if some if you run into Kamel and you're like, "How'd you get that body?" Oh, a movie studio paid forty grand for a trainer to work with me, and I have a nutritionist, and like, because that's not a body you just get by you, committing no. to working out and running every day. No. Like that's. And, and I'm not I'm not shitting on it at all. I, oh, think I can't it's, shit I'm, on it. I, it's I, I would amazing. love to look like that once. Yeah,
0: it'll never happen, but I would love to. He's got to feel phenomenal. I know.
2: I want. I was trying to think like, what does he feel like when he feels his body like? Because I know it's been a lot of pain. There's a lot of pain that goes into Probably that. All
0: the fucking hatred that people shouted at a Pakistani kid in middle yeah. grade middle school.
2: I mean, it must feel good to look in the mirror, right? I wonder if he sees his
0: enemies like you know because i I mean that guy that guy that that guy that looks like him wasn't nice to him that was the fucking meathead that was the meathead in high school fucking was didn't look at the fucking outsider comic yeah like he's looking in he's looking in the mirror seeing his enemies of all that's a jersey shore body that's a jersey shore real world body that's beyond oh hardcore and those guys don't have his amount of empathy and like the, that guy I started
2: breaking down the body too. Like I zoomed in on the shoulders I zoomed like, in
0: on the arms. Every the veins muscle. in the fucking arms are <laughs> I don't have veins like that in my cock.
2: Every muscle is has been worked right. You know, it's like yeah. somebody has been specific about he looks this. So, I you dude, this lift 2 inches high and back down from this part of your stomach, that works out this one fucking muscle. Yeah. And we're going to do that twice a week.
0: You know, like talk about commitment i mean it's so funny it's like you know that i mean not to not to i'm sure camille will be like i think you're way overthinking this but you know him and his wife don't have gym rat no they're like a video like, game yeah they're like two like not i'm not i'm not saying nerds but they're like two like homebodies like two like fucking outsiders i keep saying outsider but they're not gym rats they're not like yo pass me the creatine you know they're like but kumail's very humble too i mean i and i've kind of forgotten about
2: it because i you know we all get busy and stand up and i feel like you probably see because you do that cooking thing and you probably see comedians more than i do um but i used to all the time i mean i was like and i i I hadn't been around kumail in a while and i did a show with him i i like opened a show for him and in at the toronto fest or something and like a big big room and he was nervous and he was like, I don't know, man, you're going to kill. I was like, I don't do stand up that much lately. It's been so long. I don't even know, like, just his humility and like the fact that he wasn't like jerking off to like, look, at all those fucking people that are here to see me. I'll just say whatever I want. and They're going to like it. You know, no, he was back there genuinely concerned and feeling insecure about his prep. And I was just like, man, what, that's when I like to see my friends that got successful that. Yeah, stay that way. And are nice and 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 human and you know like i don't know because i've seen a lot of it go the other way and then you you see them all come back down i've
0: I've seen it go the other way with myself i've seen myself do it and that that's like the most frustrating thing for me is that when you do when uh, and this is like if you know if we're talking about like to go not to go back to alcohol alcohol, we're going to talk about the one thing that alcohol has done for me sometimes that i really hate what it does is it Starts really like strangling my ego or my self esteem, and I say shit that I wouldn't normally say to protect myself to people that aren't attacking me. Yeah. you know, and it's and then you see someone like Kumail who really is humbly shit, and you're like, mm-hmm. fuck. I bet he had to fucking. I bet he. I bet he toiled over posting that picture because he was like, I. You gotta do it. Yeah, you
2: gotta do it. I mean, I think Chris Pratt put the exact picture out when he had gone. Because, I mean, think about what he was like. He was beyond what Kumail... Kumail was just normal.
0: Yeah. Actually, I would argue Kumail has always been fairly uh, muscular. Like, he was a, he's not... He's always had a man's body. Yeah. You know?
2: Yeah, he's never... You know, like, Chris Pratt had was, like, kind of pudgy.
0: Who would you love to see? Who would you love to see? Com- top five comics you'd love to see go through that exact same transformation and then just be ripped on the other side. Zach Galifianakis would be fucking hilarious. Yeah.
2: I mean, he's a guy that did lose a lot of weight. I he mean, he quit drinking. Yeah, he quit drinking, but you know, like that was a pretty drastic like look, and I think that also now he's kind of back to more of a normal, yeah weight. but, uh, I'm trying to think, like, who would I really want to see commit? Man, I feel like everybody's trying to do that right now. yeah, everybody's like Santino. he I mean that guy's like ripped.
0: Theo works out like crazy. There's yeah. A lot of a lot of guys are... I think it's been a little bit of the influence of having Joe around so much. And Joe, I'd like to see Moshe Cash. Oh, yeah. I'd like to see him <laughs> just like fully... He's my
2: neighbor. I would love to... You know, really? I'd just be able to love to look over the fence and see Moshe, a hard body Moshe over Moshe there. was
0: lighting up Kumail a little bit.
2: I saw that. I yeah, it was yeah. It was really funny.
0: I, thought, I, I don't know Kumail like that. Like, I, I do know him well enough to like text him congratulations and stuff and talk to him when i see him but and i've had him on the podcast but i don't know him enough to light him up online mm-hmm. so, but and i wanted to so bad i wanted to drop that tech support joke online <laughs> but it's funny man what like, is the party's playing do you know
2: and it's so funny that one of our like you know my friend posted an image of his body and it became a trending topic on twitter so that's that's kind of weird to me
0: dude at the lightest i was i was in my two i was like probably probably Two, probably 220, but I looked really good. And I texted a picture in this great lighting. There's great lighting. I texted it to Rogan, Tom, and Ari, and Rogan tweeted it. And all of a sudden, I had an extra 15,000 followers. And I was like, huh? Then your brain starts going, let's stop eating altogether, Bert, and really see if we can blow this thing out of the water. <laughs> as if the weight loss is what they were like, Yeah, look at this guy's hard body. Yeah, as if anyone's like, that's why I want to follow. See him. <laughs> 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 so then, do, what's your, like, do you have rituals for? how the night goes like or do you like go like after this like you gonna go do spots do you go home do you i don't I haven't been doing as many spots around town um i mean do you yeah lately i have to write a new hour by
2: january 30th, yeah i mean the, so. the store doesn't put me up really yeah so i don't really like and i tried actually i, I emailed adam yeah. and uh he wrote back like hey buddy love you Everyone loves you, but we just don't have any room. He said that to me. And I was like, well, if, if I was more
0: famous, you'd have room. So we'll just wait till I get more famous. I said, you know. That's what happened to me. Yeah. I was he I, When I first started hanging out there, I was friends with everyone. And Burr and Al Madrigal went over to him and said, hey, you got to get Burr in. And he's, and it's like one of those things where you're like, oh, finally, I'll get in and work here. Because yeah. Bill Burr is, is saying, hey, you got to get Burr in. Mm-hmm. And he just looked at me dead serious. He's like, nope. He's like, I can't. I know, it's and it's and, this thing too where you separate, like, he's not being mean. He's not being mean at all, he's just like, he said, I, I think, if I remember correctly, he said, hey, I'm still trying to get David Spade in. So... Like, he's like, I have a long list of people that have been trying to get into the store that want to get into the store. And I still have a lot of people that are regulars that I can't just phase out overnight. Yeah. That, and he goes, it's just going to, it's a long process.
2: I know. And I said back to him like, well, hey, I just say, so you no, know, I'm not going to stop trying.
0: That's, and that's what I said to him. Yeah. And, yeah. and he was like, great. And then one day he came up. I don't know to try though. Like I, no, you know, no, no, I don't think you, I think I, I didn't, I said, just, so you know, I'm not going to, Stop wanting to be here in at the store. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not going to hound you or anything, but I'm going to, I'm definitely want. And then he just came up to me one day and he was like, "Hey, uh, I've got room. You're passed." And I was like, "Oh fuck yeah!"
2: See, I, I did. I met a, I was at like the Cluster Fest or whatever. Yeah. And this guy walked up to me and he said, "I guess he was the owner. I don't know who owns the Laugh Act or the comedy store anymore. I can't remember if this guy was the think, owner or know. who he was." But he said something like, "I'm an owner," and he said comedy store and i go oh did you s- wait the seller and he goes no the comedy store and i go oh that's right the seller is the club that puts me up <laughs> <laughs> the hardest club to get into in the country is yeah. the one that gives me 12 sets a weekend if i email them yeah also that's because i'm from la and they don't get like you know they always give guys from la more spots when they come in but like i can't get one set at the com i can get into any comedy club in this country i know except for ones that are the helium clubs because I, I, I drunkenly talked major shit about mark on this pot on your podcast i think oh for real yeah <laughs> oh well <laughs> oh mark i up. think i tried to apologize even though i you know it's this weird thing where i don't feel like i need to apologize because i feel like it's kind of we both fucked up
0: yeah i you i, I think i i, I shouldn't I,
2: have said shit he should have also treated the situation a little better. You know, we both fucked up. Maybe we should both apologize to each other. Yeah,
0: maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe it just takes the first person to open their arms.
2: <laughs> I tried to be the first guy, you know, like, which yeah. is funny. But he said he, st- he went back to my agent like, nope. he talked bad about me on Bert's
0: podcast. On Bert's <laughs> podcast. Fuck. Now I got By the way, I'm gonna- I can't wait to go back and rewatch that last podcast.
2: <laughs> the last one I did, I think, was me and Brendan. And I oh, think I got yeah. blackout. I don't remember it very well. Really, I don't remember it. So I'm, Brandon I'm glad you're, yeah. I'm really glad your 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 audience will finally hear me sober.
0: Oh, they're going to be like, uh, the, I, the thing about, the thing I think that's cool about podcasts and the thing that I think is very, very cool about this one is, you know, if anything, this whole weight loss journey of, me, of mine has been inspiring to a lot of people that it, I did not intend it to be. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people going through a lot of the problems. I think there's a lot of people that are, addicted to pills and alcohol listening to this right now going like fuck man i gotta get my shit together like how do i i want to be happy i want to be on the other side of that fence yeah and i think it happens a lot i know for a fact the reason we do sober october is because so many people hit us up november 1st some people come to our shows and go hey man i've been off oxies for 15 days now and you're like huh and they're like i have never had this much sobriety in my life how do you think, how many people do you think join you with that? I couldn't even, I couldn't even begin to speculate. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. Rogan's out, outreach is so aggressive that I would say, I mean, if maybe I'd be fair, maybe 5% of the people, Yeah, which would still be a dick load of fucking people. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of people that come to my shows all during Sober October, all did it. A lot of the people, a lot of people fell off Sober October at my show. They're like, I was with you. And then you came and I was like, fuck it. I'm not going to not drink <laughs> your show. Huh. and i was like i'll give you that one
2: yeah you know i mean the, the thing is is like cheating you know i mean for me there's no cheating because cheating would if i were to have like a cheat day yeah. <laughs> with alcohol would not end well i
0: don't i don't. I can't <laughs> i've gotten better about i used to be i used to be like 100 on 100 off mm-hmm. so like i could go big stretches of drinking but if i started drinking i was probably gonna go for a what a chunk where it was going to, you know, wine at night or, you know, drinking on flights. This last October so- so October changed me in that I got back and I was like, I was like, oh, I'm good. I don't need to, I don't want to drink during the weekdays. I want to kind of have my shit together mm-hmm. and uh, and get shit done. And I think it was also because I was so busy. And then I was like, yeah, and I kind of want to, like leading up to the special, I don't want to drink before the special too much. So I'll, I'll do it on the a couple weekdays, weekends, but I'm not doing it during the weekdays. And then I didn't drink for like two weeks leading up to the special. And then I got off and I was like, I deserve a little bender and and now how
2: do you feel though about that because i when i was when i taped my last special i was like all right i should like straighten up and i was like wait why would i live any differently than i'm living to film this thing that i've been doing maybe i should just be a little more you know responsible and not like go overboard but i I can't change my lifestyle too much because then i won't be putting out my product is what i in my mind i
0: definitely had that in my head i definitely thought should i drink but the here's hardcore secret time the month leading up i I did three months straight of touring before i shot my special september october november Mm -hmm. september i was drinking uh and i was drinking on the road uh not so much on stage but on the road and i started having panic attacks on stage of just these weird like just weird hiccups and i wasn't being able to write on stage and i wasn't liking it and I thought, fuck. And then I quit drinking in October and I was on stage. I did maybe like forty, fifty shows in October mm-hmm. and all the panic attacks went away. And I yeah. started really loving being on stage and writing and without drinking. And so I said, I'm done. I'm done with drinking on stage. I'm not I'm not going back to it. I don't want to be there because I was having like I was having weird panics that I, I like and that was fucking up the timing of my jokes. But at least it's
2: not like like the Huffington Post emailing you the next day like hey we want to talk to you about your show last night and something you said like you're not saying things
0: No 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 I'm not I'm not I'm not going off script too far but like That's that happened to me. Did that happened to you? With uh, the Huffington Post? Yeah. Wait, what did you say? I'm not even going to touch it
2: for real <laughs> yeah yeah it was at montreal though and i regret it for sure really yeah um and people saw it and i guess the funny thing this is how like, Wait, like did
0: it did they write an article about no, it no
2: they never no one ever did um like eric andre like this is how you know what you did and i, I love eric but he came up to me as like hey man i heard about that thing you did in montreal dude that's so fucking punk rock dude and i'm like what And he's like dude it's fucking amazing and i'm like and then Jesselnik, same thing ran another place and I was like okay maybe those are the two guys I don't want approving of something I've done (laughs) in general to what my brand and my message is or me as a human not that I think those guys like those guys are just those guys are punk like oh fuck yeah fucking hardcore shit especially Eric I mean
0: there's nothing between the lines there I mean it's There's just nothing corporate about that guy at all no he's such an interesting fucking guy yeah we were me and I want to say me and Skura we're on a flight with him back to we oh no it was me and Ari me and Ari were on a on a van ride in, from Montreal back to the airport and then we hung out at the airport and had breakfast together and just the way his brain thinks is just very I want to say it's 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 the way I would love for my brain to be like that. Like I said something about, you have a girlfriend? He's like, no, I don't believe in, you know, those traditional commitment roles. You know, I just like to be with other people. And if they want to be with other people, cool. And you knew he meant it. And I was like, how the fuck do
2: you do that? Weird.
0: Yeah. And he was like, you know. Yeah. And yeah,
2: he's, I mean, one time I was walking like in like the Lower East Side and there was like some kind of a small production and there was a van with a door open and I walked by the van and it was Eric dressed as a vagina with like lobster claws.
0: Jesus. i was like of course man yeah what's up i <laughs> wish i had more of his brain because he has his brain is so much like you know if like someone threw gave him a million dollars say we want to make a show with you it's whatever you want he'd go oh i've been waiting for this yeah like that's the way his brain works mm-hmm. when i get that it's sometimes i'm just like hold on well, what do you want like why don't you give me some direction yeah i don't want to piss anyone off yeah and he also
2: this you know he he i don't know like his the his show is great You know, like the Eric Andre show is so funny. He's got such a big
0: dick. Flaccid. Flaccid, yeah, I've never seen it hard. Yeah. Probably same, same. It's, you know, it's about the same. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well yeah i don't want eric to ever know anything i do stand-up wise i'd like to stay out of his radar because if he's watching anything i do that's not good news for the b-men <laughs> if eric yeah. andre's texting he's me like, him, and hey, i saw what you did i'm like fuck
2: <laughs> i know i i went i mean and i did a little bit of an apology tour about that thing or at least like the feel out like i you know feeling people out like like is like chelsea Pritt, like just certain people had heard about it, and I kept hearing from other people like, "Oh, so and so told me," and I'm like, "Why does that person know? Yeah, this is
0: crazy." God, I don't want to wrap up this podcast now until I find out what it is. <laughs> You're gonna love it. No, I don't want to talk about Mitch Hedberg at all. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I just played Mitch Hedberg for my daughters the other day. Yeah, and it was interesting. Their two responses: Isla was doubled over laughing, like mm-hmm. thought it was the funny, and Isla's the, the more of the weird daughter I of mine and georgia just was like so he's a drug addict and i was like well i think you're whittling it down a little bit much and she was like well no is 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 he still on drugs like it was he died from an overdose and she's like so this isn't funny at all and i was like well no and isla's fucking pissing herself mitch all together yeah. and it, and but it's funny to see the two different i want to i want to do that I, wanna, I wish i were a little older i'd like to hear georgia with david Attell because i think she will like david tell
2: oh man i saw a tell recently in new york
0: <sighs> by the way i will i could sit and talk to anyone for any length of time if they just said i just saw a tell end, because yeah. you know that we just shared jokes we were just i was just somewhere and we were sharing i was with bill we were sharing our favorite a uh, 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 tell jokes who told the one were you here when someone just told an a to tell joke the other day apparently there were a bunch of maybe this is one bill told me there were a bunch of disgruntled Latino girls in the front row, and they weren't laughing at anything, and everyone was having a hard time with them. Everyone. And it tel goes up and goes, oh, why so grumpy? Did Selena die again?
2: <laughs> <laughs> he said a joke. This I don't remember. I mean, I'm so bad at recall for much, but he said he told the joke, and then afterwards, you know how he'll get the audience going like... And he's just kind of going and going, like yeah. shitting on the audience, also like trying to, you know, whatever. But he said a joke and he goes, ooh, that one just activated my bell's palsy. <laughs> 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 I thought, what the fuck, man? He God, is so good. So Burr I mean, and I just talked about it. Impossible him for
0: a while. to not want to watch when he's on stage. I wonder when I'm gonna quit drinking. Like I look at like you and Burr seem to be so fucking happy on the other side of the fence. And I and I do enjoy not drinking a lot. Yeah. Like, but here's the thing is it, it when the real
2: joy comes when you when you actually have like I know I'm done and so I'm doing the work to like everything that I was drinking to stop or everything that I was using drinking for, or everything that drinking kind of ruined. Now I have a chance to not like do that. You know, like even when I said about the holidays, like I know that I'm going home and I'm not going to fuck up. I'm not going to do something really fucking dumb. I'm not going to piss in my mother in law's bedroom. I'm not going to do <laughs> multiple things that I've done. I mean, th- this is one of my I was remembering this the other day in hotels. I had to start and towards the end of my run. I had to start putting my all of my things on the highest shelf possible. Because I was just starting to piss in hotels every night. Really? Different parts of the room. On my bag sometimes. That's why I had to like fucking. Like I've had to rush to an airport with a bag that's like just smells like piss.
0: (laughs) Fuck. It's crazy too. What's crazy is you said that your doctor was like wait so how's your Lyme's disease? oh done good yeah you're good i caught it early enough and we have
2: aggressively went at it and i don't if i got if i didn't get sober i wouldn't have gotten rid of it because getting yeah. sober made the actual antibiotics work
0: oh because you had to quit drinking to make and get on antibiotics i was
2: on antibiotics before that but oh, that's it drinking work. just throws that out the window
0: yeah that's fucking crazy mm-hmm. yeah did um the burr's not doing any of the work he just got sober Yeah, I don't think Burr drank though. Burr's never been a drinker. He's never looked like yeah. He's never gotten out of control, and he says he has. And I think Mm -hmm. I think you know I think there's times where he I think he didn't like the way he was drinking, but it's never been like a problem. And and I've I've drank with him. He's a you know he wasn't a guy that although although I remember me and Tom and Burr did a podcast in here, and he goes and it's one of those things like I don't really. I don't really think of drinking as much as some people but i remember burr i, I was definitely not going to drink i don't know why but for whatever reason i wasn't going to drink and they're driving home and burr goes uh how about a little shot you know and the the end of the podcast i'm like mm-hmm. why would we start drinking now he's like one shot and tom goes well wait we got to drive he goes yeah i'll we'll make the drive home interesting huh and you just t- like to see that in his eye you go yeah oh <laughs> yeah. okay but uh but yeah he doesn't that's like me
2: walking in saying can I just take a pull off this thing?
0: <laughs> I'll never forget that as long as I live because I remember going like it's it's weird I think you I'm, I wonder if you did this but I think people who drink always look at the other people who drink harder or worse and go that's my canary in the mine
2: yeah hey at least that's not me but
0: yeah and then and but I always look at my canaries and go like oh, i could steal from them that's not a bad idea like oh okay like
2: yeah well it got to me like like my canary was nick cage and whatever that fucking movie, lost leaving las vegas uh, or whatever that movie is that's how bad
0: i was you know i was i'm so glad you're sober someone told me you quit drinking and i was like i was like oh that stinks we lost another one and then <laughs> and then oh, someone was like was telling me like no, no 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 it wasn't good i was like mm-hmm. really and they're like no it was not good like he had to quit and i went what do you mean had to quit like court and pose and they're like no trust me he was gonna die if he didn't quit and i went no you're thinking of the wrong guy i heard that about another guy recently oh Um, yeah yeah we'll talk talk about it off air obviously but uh and you always hear that and you're like shut the fuck up but it's you
2: know thank god i figured it out because it's i mean my You can just see, for me, and this isn't for everybody, but everything's better. Just literally everything's better. Yeah. My career is better. I haven't stopped working since I got sober.
0: You've always worked.
2: Yeah, always, but it was starting to peter out, you know? Really? Because I wasn't able to go to auditions anymore. I wasn't able to do
0: do things because... You're such a good actor, too. I was drunk. You're a great comedian. You're a great comedian. I think think that people sleep on how good of a comedian you were. I think one of your lines fucking once a week i think of one of your lines yeah sir if you have cocaine or marijuana on you you are in deep shit and all i thought to myself is what if i have both (laughs) 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 it's a great fucking line i think of that all the time i look for lines like that in my my act like a good line yeah
2: yeah that line came out on that line just came out one time on that on that taping of that thing. Oh, really? Yeah, I remember. Right when I said it, I was like, "That's a fucking keeper."
0: That's a great, great great I, line. When you
2: get a line like that on a TV taping, too, it feels good. Yeah, because I was like starving. Somebody had just bombed so hard in front of me; they had to retape their thing with a different oh, audience. For real? <laughs> yes. And so the audience. I think I was, was at your taping. I think I was at brutal. your taping.
0: Yeah, I'm not gonna say who it was, but uh, Stanhope has a line. I think about. I think about once a week that he said on that taping stanhope says uh, i was dating this chick he was dating the chick from saved by the bell mm-hmm. and he was like uh, and she cheated on me now legally i can't say his name but i can tell you what he does for a living he's the prince of monaco <laughs> <laughs> legally i can't say his name, <laughs> that's a great I can, living if i can tell you what he does for a living he's mm-hmm. the prince of monaco
2: <laughs> that's it that's great that's a good job
0: how often do you go rock climbing
2: four times a week three four times a week
0: have you gone like legit like climbing like no big just, boulders in just in just the gym just in the gym do you have yeah. any interest in going in big boulders
2: i do i mean i would love to there's I, a great one and i love in camping Malibu. and i love taking my son you know especially into mountain type
0: stuff so your dad your dad works you've stepped your dad game up i will i will say that oh yeah like seeing you with your son i, t- I said this at the beginning but it's just it's like as especially as an older father like one who's got my kids are at an age where it's hard to get them to do things with me now um the time i get to spend with them is when i pick them up from school or drive them to school yeah like that they don't want to go fucking like i i wanted to go to i had to go to staples today and i was just trying to get Hyla to go to staples with me it was like pulling fucking teeth and i was like "Well, stop by menchies she's like okay fine <laughs> but like seeing you with your son i go oh and i know i knew you, i know you weren't drinking so I go oh he's like going to a Dodgers game with them like you guys have a fucking blast
2: yeah my son's been to two World Series games which I think like I mean I wish I had been to World Series games yeah but yeah I try to I mean I really try but also that's a, it's just like I I don't know if I'll ever be as good at what my dad was, you know, like that. I think that it's like my thing that I'm chasing. Like, yeah, I do all these activities with him, but my dad didn't really get to do activities with me because he worked way more yeah of a regular job. But for some reason,
0: he's like regarded as a hero in my life. Hey, when did, oh by the way, I want to. It's I just had a spiritual healer come to our new house. She to clean cleanse the house, and then she's like, "I see some dark matter on you," and I was like, "Oh fuck, of course." Good God! Yeah, and so then thanks. She, by the way, yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like, at, at 150 bucks a pop, I bet you find dark matter on anyone that you haven't fucking cleansed. <laughs> yeah. But one of the things she said was, "You have tremendous guilt about not being around," and I was like, "I was like, you could have Googled me and found that out." Yeah, but I doubt she uses Google. I really doubt it because she uses a Microsoft Surface. <laughs> <laughs> so she legit does her healing on a microsoft surface wow it's really bizarre How does she she uh takes this she takes the microsoft surface and it's got like a looks like a constellation like almost like a astrological chart on it type thing and she spins this little uh like uh gem connected by a chain and then when it the way whatever way she it's been she taps that way and that expands she taps another way and that expands and then she can read it that way really interesting she was extremely accurate like i I thought you were going to say hot nope (laughs) she was extremely accurate she was very accurate and she was like (laughs) you have a real guilt about being away from your Mm -hmm. kids and i said yeah and she goes and that's not from you that's that's ancestral like that goes back to your ancestors and she's like, she's like you got to get rid of it because you're a good dad. And I was like, I was like no, I'm not. She goes, no, you got to stop saying that. She goes, your dad wasn't as good as you thought he was. You think your dad was a better dad. you put putting him on a pedestal. Is not exactly what she said, but when you said that, yeah. that's technically what she said to me. And I thought, I've always put my dad on a pedestal. He coached every single one of my fucking games, went to every one of my practices, literally i mean I, like just saturday morning he'd be like hey let's go to the sporting goods store and we'd just get up and drive out i mean i just a great 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 dad i mean yeah. never never f- i mean spanked me a couple times but never like hit me as an adult never uh didn't it really get me introduced to alcohol like he wasn't like one of those like hey Jordan, come drink with me he had boundaries mm-hmm. like i could smoke a cigar with him and when i was 18 that was but i had to be 18 like a really great dad. And I always feel like I've dropped the ball on my daughters. Like I've just fucked same, it up. Same thing with me about the
2: like boundaries. Good, clean. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, but like, I also know your daughters though are at the age. I, I, I don't know from experience, but like my son right now is like now going through a mom thing where oh, really? like he wants his mom a lot. I don't know what she's feeding him. I don't know if she's <laughs> got some sort of a drug regimen with him or not, but like, he'll be like, Hey, when am I going to see mom? And I'm like, who cares, man? You're with me. Yeah, <laughs> we'll Come figure on, that man. out later.
0: Carpe diem. <laughs>
2: but you know, I was talking to somebody like, yeah, kids go through phases where their dad, their mom, they want this,
0: they want that. You oh, know. I went through a phase with my daughters that was really bad, where when they started developing and you know getting their periods and getting boobs and getting pubic hair, or I guess I didn't see it, but mm-hmm. I'm guessing that was what was happening, where they really wanted to distance themselves from me. Do like, pubes run in your family? Yeah, we all got them. <laughs> Leanne's got straight pubes and so yeah I know right kind of crazy Um, I'm sure Leanne's like why would you share that in the like what the fuck does that have to do with anything but uh, they started distancing themselves from me and they just wanted distance they didn't like I couldn't I was like their best buddy one day where they'd jump Mm -hmm. on my lap and we'd snuggle and then one day they were like oh don't touch me like Mm -hmm. and my wife's like well you you know you gotta understand don't touch them if they don't want you to touch them I was like they're my fucking daughters I'm gonna grab them if I want to grab them not grab them in the ass or anything, but come up behind them and give them a hug or, you know, I'm going to love on them. And my wife's like, you can't, they're turning into women. You got to let them have space. And I literally said to my wife, I always thought this could be a bit, but I don't know how to say it right. But I always said, so I got to pretend to be just not that into them. And my wife's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) She's like, you're not breaking up with them. You're not trying to get them, win but, them yeah, back. You're
2: playing, you're not playing dating games. Yeah, I'm
0: not, I was like, and so I just, I literally started playing hard to get, where I'd be like,
2: so you mean like after we hang out, I don't call him for like three days?
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the joke. Yeah, that's the joke. Yeah. Text
0: Ila, hey, what does Georgia think about me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, but it's it was really it, it was really tough, and now they're getting back to the place where they are finding me fun, I guess i, I get I', don't, but it just recently, our family's in a really good place. Like we're all mm-hmm. very, very, very dialed in to each other. but but yeah, there was they, they but we just had a conversation the other day because no one uh, hugs me. so like everyone fucking hugs each other and gets on the couch and all three of them will lay on the couch and snuggle together. And then I'm just off by some sort dick in the corner like, <laughs> I just want to just pay for all this. And so I threw a temper tantrum. I was like, I was like, yo, like, you guys can hug me and shit. Like, and there, and Isla was like, I don't like it. And I was like, I don't give a fuck. I, yeah. didn't, I, didn't, I didn't like kissing my dad on the lips, but I Gratitude. did until I was 18. Oh Fucking, God. I had to kiss my dad not on the lips but on the cheek every night when i came home to bed and i still i, I want to say i kissed my dad on the lips way longer than you should have but i had to kiss my dad on the cheek every night when i got home you to think bed it's actually,
2: just because he wanted to smell your breath he wanted to smell if i had alcohol or drugs yeah. on me.
0: hey buddy i need a kiss and i go oh, oh, jesus fuck. and he goes Woo, a lot of clone tonight huh i was like yeah was hanging out with some chicks <laughs> yeah that's fucking crazy so but uh so when do you go back for holidays
2: next week and then i come back and then i'm on the i'm doing like a two-week tour are you by
0: yourself or are you bring your kid on the tour no no no, no, no the, holidays. the holidays yeah up there yeah how's everything are you still not with uh are you with the missus no yeah. no but that's all figuring it out yeah <laughs> <laughs> i fucking love you nick i really do i'm so glad you're happy man oh yeah i'm, I'm so glad you're happy never that,
2: been happier it's it it's it's a weird you know, once you've, I've had enough. I ran into Hannibal who hasn't been drinking and, and he was like, we did it, man. I'm like, yeah, we did. Right. We really yeah. did it. We
0: made it. I saw, hung out with Hannibal. I hung out with Hannibal a few, a couple of years ago. It's gotta be a couple of years ago. I was at Madison on state and he was doing the theater next door. He had a tour bus and I was, I was partying and I was like, Hey, let's get drinks. He's like, yeah, I quit drinking. I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, he's like, Let's just when you get done, let's just, just hang out. Like we don't have to go to a bar. Let's just hang out. Come to my tour bus. So we just went to his tour bus and just kind of talked. And I had a couple beers. And I think he, I think he maybe ate an edible or something. But like mm-hmm. we just talked, and it was like he was broke it down. And he's like, yeah, I guess it. His life had just become unmanageable with it. Yeah. And he was like, I'm. I just. He's like, fuck it. It's not worth it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. Sometimes I wish that happened to me. With like, I I. I think i'm in the fucking i'm like i'm like uh, in love with someone who doesn't love me but they don't treat me too bad yeah yeah and it's not necessarily you're not you're not
2: seeing negative i mean you're you're doing the best you've ever done on the road on as far as work goes so it's not hindering that it's not it hasn't changed your your drive to do shit i mean you've always had that i mean yeah but i think i think also the fact like, that you have people helping with your podcast now i remember it's just <laughs> like you and a zoom and then we
0: <laughs> yeah yeah oh for real wait the last one we did was right before you came mm-hmm. oh yeah but i got video of it don't i yeah but you would like yeah.
2: have everything set up and you would be like i gotta send this to a guy you know or, well, i, don't know I did it myself back then yeah i think yeah i did
0: it all myself oh and then I'd have like backlogs of like twenty videos. I was like, "Oh, Halston, I've got fucking twenty videos." Can you? Yeah, I remember off? you like
2: had stuff. Like you were like, "Oh, it's moving slow." I'm like how
0: much was he he doing? Oh, I was I I this podcast has become doable. I couldn't. I wouldn't have been able to continue it without Halston because that was just mm. so much on my plate. And then things t- kind of like got a little out of control with the touring. And I was like, I was like, I just would have quit it. I would have quit the podcast altogether. And this podcast. This podcast makes more than I ever made on television so I'm like fuck I'm so glad I didn't quit it. Yeah. Now I have two more podcasts, one with Bill and one with Tom. Yeah. And I'm like I feel like I, f- I feel like I feel like if you don't get out of the box, it's something you've done always so well is you've done things like like movies that I didn't even know like no one no one even knew you were shooting. Mm-hmm. Like the one where the with with the all the built all the boxes and yeah, built yeah. the fort. Like like you've always been able to do things outside of your comfort zone and do the things inside. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Which I feel like I get too dialed into my comfort zone of like, something's burning. Uh, Fucking uh, uh, podcast, 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 stand up. That's it, that's it. I'm done, I'm done. Yeah, but
2: see, for the the way that I treat like that movie, like that movie was my agent calling me and saying like, hey, you meet with these directors and I did. And they're like, it's gonna take a month, work every day. I'm like, well, fuck it, one month, who cares? i don't think i'm capable of acting like what you guys want but let's just see what happens and then just walking into it and oh, yeah, i've done great. that with every acting gig where i just shot this hbo thing in new york for three weeks with uh, with uh, anna kendrick and it was just like overwhelming because she's a ridiculously good actress she's a really good actress i mean i i anna felt kendrick, like i saw anna acting kendrick for the first time in that
0: fucking level yeah i mean her i think they're what are they target commercials She's got like a Target commercial. Oh yeah, new ones that she's got. Amazon commercial or something. That's mm-hmm. fucking amazing. Like those are amazing. She acts amazing in that.
2: Well, I went when I sh- they flew me out to just read with her like during her lunch break, and after one take, I thought like, oh fuck, that's what acting is. Like whatever I had planned to do or uh, had gone in like thinking, I she forced me to be so natural and do my own different thing. And I told her that like when I got back, I was like, when I got the job, I said, I don't know what, whatever you did that first time we read to each other has changed my, and she's like, she's like, what do you mean? You're a great actor. And I'm like, what? No, (laughs) she's like, you listen. I'm like, no, you're forcing that on me. Like
0: (laughs) (laughs) you're talking to me with your eyes. Yeah. I thought thought we're going to hook up. I mean, Jesus, she is fucking awesome.
2: Yeah. She really is awesome. Yeah. It was interesting to do but it was fun I her Twitter's pretty fucking games. gangster too isn't it yeah she's got mm-hmm. kind of
0: a pretty aggressive I think she's one of the ones that I went down a rabbit hole and read all of them
2: got, I mean she her, just the the
0: fame of her too
2: like we were shooting in Terrytown or something and walking on the street and she was like look there's paparazzi and I'm like what there's like all like within an hour run the Daily Mail like wow. us holding hands even though we're in a scene it's like nick Th anna kendrick and nick thune holding hands on set which is so like well yeah on set shooting yeah but everyone is like dude are you dating anna kendrick you guys are like holding hands off camera that's like, no. crazy <laughs> when's that thing come out i think in april hbo max does you, you say what thing. it is
0: or not yet hbo max no i know what hbo max is but yeah. what's this project can you talk about oh it?
2: it's her show yeah it's out there it's called love life yeah and it's 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 it seems like a a great it's it's like a, each episode's like a vignette of her love life in her twenties. Like each each one's like a different guy, and then my character is in three because we get married and then you know. Really? Yeah. Did you get to kiss her? Yeah. Oh,
0: is she a good kisser?
2: <laughs> it's so hard to know. What do you mean? Because it's not. It's I, this is what I tried to kiss? explain to anybody. It's like, yeah, I'm it's not act. it's real kissing. But here show me the nerves (laughs) the nerves that i have or am going through you know like yeah there was a scene where i'm i mean there's a couple scenes where i had to be like going crazy like i'm you know having sex and she's like kind of not whatever and paying attention and and i'm like going at it you know yeah and god a rehearsal was so rough and she's like did you want to put like a pillow between us and i was like yes (laughs) thank you (laughs) Just because now I'm, you know, I, it's it's it was just like just comfort. Like yes, okay, this is work. We're yeah, working. Yeah. This is job, <sighs> but it's intense.
0: I had one. I had one. I did a short called Alf Mail, mm-hmm. where I pl- It was about, I was a mailman, and I, me and this other guy were competing for the for the the head job of running the you know, head of mail in mm-hmm. po- the postal service. And I had one sex scene and i'm a young married father at the time i'm maybe 34 33 34 and it shot right around the corner from our house so i was like really close to home and i'm in tight male shorts like mm. mailman shorts mm-hmm. that are that are way too high for me yeah to begin with I mean, he'd probably fall out of those yeah and so <laughs> we have a sex scene i've got to wish i could remember this girl's name it's like dolly parton in a bikini and this girl was <laughs> so fucking hot so hot oh yeah and she takes her top off, and I'm like, and I'm on top of her, she takes her top off, and she's in panties, I don't know why she needed to be in panties, and we're in the bed, and I keep my pants, I have the pants on, and we start going at it, and I I haven't been with another woman other than my wife, and we're like, I'm trying to be funny, but I'm like really grinding, and she's grinding back, and her tits are right there, and she's like, Licking on me and my dick pops out the bottom of my pants oh. hard and just like oh we're fucking and I'm like I'm so uncomfortable that I'm like oh I gotta cut and they're like wait it's going great and I'm like yeah I need to reposition I'm I, I think things are you know and someone's like Is your, did your dick get hard and I was like no 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 I'm totally cool just give me a second she's like well come on just hop back on we were going really good I'm really in the scene and I'm like in my head I'm like I'm gonna fucking come all over this chick. <laughs> fucking and cut (laughs) yeah she was so fucking hot i didn't get
2: aroused luckily like it's because it's so businessy and she was so professional but i had a friend that has a story of he he got hard and he in a scene and he was like i'm so sorry to the actress and she was you know i think definitely this is this specific actress i think other actresses might respond differently but she said that she would have been offended if he didn't (laughs)
0: <laughs> Who is the actress? I don't even know. I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah. Oh, but yeah.
2: but like, you know, I know that like that that's totally inappropriate to get a, an erection even though there's nothing appropriate about what you're doing. Yeah. You know, you, there's nothing. No. And like I understand we like like on my level of acting, like it's hard to separate. Yeah. But working with Anna, I actually got better at learning how to separate real Emotions, Like really just separate this. This isn't a sex scene. Like how, cause my job was basically to make it sexy, you know, for like, cause it's probably gonna be a large women audience and they want like a guy to look hot, fucking. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, what are things that I could do that are gonna like look good on camera? Like just quick motions, like little things that they can cut into and out of, you know,
0: I started technically thinking about it, which I think really helped. I, this is how unprofessional I am. I once did a scene I'll be very vague so no one can figure this out. On one of my reality shows, uh, mm. it was in water and it was with a woman and the woman uh, was maybe not prepared to go in the water and so she, all she was wearing was like a t-shirt and and a, pa- a pair of like board shorts. Mm-hmm. But the board shorts were way too big on her because she wasn't prepared and so she just dropped them for a pair of underwear if I'm not mistaken. And she got scared. Her boyfriend was there. She got scared and she jumped on my back and wouldn't get off my back. And our director was like, hey, we need to separate you two because this doesn't look right because your boyfriend's right here. And she was drunk. And she kept swinging around to the front of me so that it was like I was, fuck, she was riding me. Mm -hmm. We were in water and and her tits are everywhere. They're all over me. And... (laughs) and uh it's something that i think about every day and (laughs) once again once again it's once again my my dick gets hard and i'm like and i'm like i'm not trying to Mm -hmm. but i'm like it's you and she kept putting her feet on my junk she kept putting her feet on my junk and playing with my junk with her feet i don't know if she was flirting with me i don't know what it was or nothing even knew what she was doing i she was she was definitely drunk and she we got out of they got out of the water and i was still in the water and we're supposed to get in a boat And my director's like, come on, get in the boat. And I was like, I got it. You gotta give me a second. She's like, why? What the fuck? She's like, what are you pissing? And I went, no. She was like, get in the boat. And I was like, I can't right now. She was like, just get in the fucking boat. And I was like, you gotta give me a fucking second. I'm not ready to get in the boat. And it, my cameraman or my sound guy John Sales goes, he's his dick's hard. She's like, what? He's like, all our dicks were hard. We were watching bounce <laughs> around.
2: Man, I had to do one one time with Ron Howard watching.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> you Ron Howard got your dick hard. <laughs> I did a scene with Ron Howard. Wait, what did you do with Ron?
2: No, Howard? no, Ron Howard was producing this pilot that I shot that never went years ago for Fox, and I had this like full makeout scene inside. um the back of an RV in like 96 degree weather in Florida. And we were in the back of like, you know, the back of an RV where it's like the whole thing's a bed. There's not like room to walk around the fucking bed. And I'm wearing tight ass jeans and I'm doing a makeout scene where I'm like supposed to grab her boobs. And like that's in the script and it's all talked about and beforehand worked out so that everybody's comfortable and on the same page. But it was unstoppable. (laughs) And (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's you can't no matter what like god damn it ron how you know and i you know you know it's I, not
0: buffalo 66 like we're making the person suck our dick for the scene it's just natural mm-hmm. it happens sometimes i'm sure it happens to like big actors have to have has happened and i think that's probably why brad pitt and angelina jolie i think it's definitely something
2: everyone doesn't talk about that you know that ha- it's yeah it's regular i mean people hook up i mean actors are all hooking up it's what a cesspool
0: i mean it's got to be nice to know as this is probably i'm sure i could get me too'd for this even thought it would be nice to know like there's no real uh flagpole that pops when a woman's turned on you can't really tell as a guy like if you're turning a woman on but it would be nice Mm -hmm. to have that just like literally dick goes up and are like well i guess i did it for that guy Mm -hmm. and to know that okay now i know i got i could i could definitely get what i want from him because he's you know yeah it I mean, I'm sure that's a horrific statement to say in Hollywood now. But what I'm saying is, I would just love to know that something was happening with my wife, like that there was she was aroused at all. My wife definitely knows when I'm aroused.
2: Well, anybody would if you're wearing, you know, sweatshirt. or yeah. I mean, yes. I remember I was at a party, and a girl walked up to me and she just grabbed me, and said, "Hi, my name is so and so," and just looked at me in my eyes, and then walked away. And I looked at my friend and I go, that was amazing. I wish everybody said hi like that (laughs) in some way or another. Whereas like I, you know, I obviously didn't feel physically threatened like she was bigger than me and she was going to take advantage of me. But at the same time, really fucking inappropriate on her part.
0: Oh, yeah. Taking a
2: big swing.
0: I had four lesbians do it to me at the DC Improv. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were. They were we were taking a picture and my arms are behind all four of them. And the one up front goes, grabs my junk. And I was like, whoa, ladies. And they're like, oh, we can't sexually assault you. We're gay. And I was like, mm-hmm. all right. And they were really attractive and another the other one grabs my arms are still back there and i'm like girls and then one girl goes i think he's starting to get hard and then the other girl takes her hand and shoves it in my pants and now my dick's like oh we're playing ball and i'm like hey guys 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 they leave the next people come up and they're like this is really uncomfortable you're like
2: the morals are up here yeah <laughs> uh, down here is it just go time all the oh time. yeah
0: this is a this is simply the guy that lives in the silo that presses the button yeah like, I'm sorry. We're at war. Conk.
2: I know it's kind of that feeling. Like sometimes I feel like if I'm sitting down, you know, like on a like, on my phone on a bench or something at an airport, texting. What in my body is saying, hey? He's not shitting right now. Everybody go back. You know, like <laughs> like there's got to be one guy in there that's like pants are on. He's outside. He's no. Nope. I know it. everything feels like we're shitting. So like the same. I don't think there is that guy for the dick.
0: Uh, I, so there's, yeah. Pants are on. <laughs> we're not shitting. We're not shitting.
2: So like if a hand goes down there and grabs it, they're just the oh. dicks like, hey, something's grabbing it. Let's do this what we is, do we're on game on <laughs> car <laughs> the guy's waking up slamming his alarm like <laughs> God. who's calling me at fucking three in the afternoon
0: <laughs> jesus i'm definitely having sex with my wife tonight I, I even just this conversation mm-hmm. i start going yeah i'm ready i'm ready uh-huh. yeah well dude this has been awesome i could sit and talk to you for fucking hours yeah man Thanks i absolutely love me. you i'm so happy that you're you're doing well thank I you i wish i had known it had been that bad i would have been i would have reached out more i didn't even know there's no way to know you know i, I mean, had no clue yeah but and, and what do you do in those situations i would have just fucked it up i would have just been the wrong guy to reach. maybe i'm not the best guy to reach out with one month sober like, hey, man, do you want to talk? And then <laughs> I come over. I'm like, man, you should have been with us last night, huh? Mm-hmm. Even the guy with the Babylon 5 t-shirt got a blowjob. <laughs> Dave Tell. <laughs> <laughs> Even the guy with the Babylon 5 t-shirt got a blowjob. Oh, job. my God. Um, well, fuck yeah. What, what? Anything to promote? You got dates coming up?
2: Oh Yeah, this tour in January, which is like the 15th. By the way, that was the most the seamless
0: end. two-hour podcast I've ever fucking done in my life. Really? That is the most seamless two-hour conversation I've ever... The first a- hour was probably one of the best podcasts i've ever done like when we just talking about that because I've, i was listening i never fucking listened on this podcast that's what you do that's what
2: anna kendrick did for me <laughs> help me listen but yeah i'm doing a tour with damien gerardo a musician so we're doing like rock club kind of like small theaters um up and down the east coast
0: nice when's yeah. that when's that
2: dot com ticket this january 15th
0: oh, okay that's gonna be awesome yeah how many dates i think we're doing
2: 12 Nice, nice. And then Well, and then yeah, and that's just like we're co headlining, just we're gonna go up together and, and do our own things. That's great. And then um what's the name of the, the musician you said that your friend that died? Richard Swift. I'm gonna get that now. And Richard Swift um actually is the reason that Damian Gerardo, the guy that I'm touring with and I are together, um, because we're both friends of Richards and then that kind of brought us together through the Swift. memorial and all that stuff. All right, which one do I get? The Hex, the Rishford Switch, the collection. Hex. Listen, the Hex is his masterpiece. That's the last thing that, that that came out after he died. That came out after he died. Yeah. All right, I just bought it. But if you go like on Spotify and just listen to like his top top songs, yeah, the song "Dirty Jim" on there, you're gonna really relate to because you have daughters. Yeah. I mean, there's a, a, a line in that song. That song "Dirty Jim" is about. Um, is it jimador what's that tequila the the jimador whatever it's called yeah that's what it's about is that tequila really and he but he says when i die tell my daughters not to cry at the end of it oh, which but it's one of his oh best,
0: he's gonna get me drunk one, one of his night. best
2: songs i've ever heard
0: to be honest dirty jim and he died at 44 yeah in tacoma washington did you grow, grow up with him no
2: but he no but we um we that's kind of the Northwest is kind of what brought us together. I I I did four studio songs on my first album. On if anybody's going to check one of those out, just listen to the song Iron Man. Uh, and Richard and I wrote that, and he produced it. And uh, I spent like a week living with him and doing this album because he produced a lot. He played in the Black Keys, he played in the Shins. Um, he had his own solo career. I mean, he the guy's like he's like the musicians' music, like Brody Stevens or somebody. Yeah, where yeah. it's like everybody loves all the musicians like respect richard
0: so much that's fucking great yeah oh i bought a, I just bought the hex so i'll be i'll listen to that on the treadmill tonight i'm definitely having a sober night tonight i guess i can't even take a fucking xanax now i'm gonna be overthinking it
2: don't <laughs> don't overwork on the treadmill if you're gonna fuck
0: oh yeah good call Mm-hmm. you gotta fucking take a shower well dude congratulations yeah thank you richard swift and then let's do this again in, when you get back from your tour yeah in february love it that'd be great man yeah Watch i'm drinking again <laughs> <laughs>